1: podcast where we talk about everything in and around the world of comics and comics culture. I'm your host, Mr. Christopher Neesman, and I'm joined as always by my partner in crime, Mr. Brian Salazar.
0: Hey, hey, what's happening there?
1: How you doing, sir? You know, getting drunk. I have uh, I have bad news for you. What's that? You are only the second best looking rockabilly William Redneck on the show this <laughs> week.
0: That's okay. I, I can accept that fully. Yes.
1: It's, it's true because our, uh, our wonderful, esteemed, award-winning guest is, uh, is joining us this week. Uh, you know him from, uh, from such comic book titles as uh, Battle Pope and Brit and The Exterminators, and Fear Agent, and this little book called The Walking Dead. He's a long-time friend of the show and just all-around great guy, Mr. Tony Moore.
2: Tony, how you doing? I'm hanging in there. <laughs> Can't complain too much. One of the original. Was really, it
1: was a really excitable intro for this <laughs> isolation episode of Around That's Comics.
2: My- that's how I roll. <laughs>
1: um, yeah. So what's what's going on in uh, in uh, uh, rural wherever you are as uh, as we we do isolation and and, and COVID nineteen craziness. What's uh, what's going on with you? Uh,
2: you know, I mean, it's weird. Like it's um, it, it's kind of you know put a cramp in our like going to get groceries and like can't go hang out at Lowe's. Um, but other than that, like, um, you know, we, Karen and I both work from home and we homeschool our kid, So it hasn't really changed, um, too much of our life. Um, so yeah, all in all, like we've kind of, I don't know weathered it a, a lot better than I think most people do. I know a lot of people complain about having their kid home all the time
1: and, um, that's been that's been one of the funny things that i've seen online has been has been a lot of the comfort creators that uh i think uh, it was katie cook that uh that posted something uh that was like you know day eighty seven thousand one hundred and sixty three is working in my basement you know it's, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah it's, it's, you know, stay you know stay at home artistic you know create i mean you're used to working in your basement at home alone you know. Yeah, I'd say most
2: of us have probably been social distancing since before we knew what social meant. Since so. junior high.
0: <laughs> like, it was enforced in junior high, I think, on me. I, I was kind of <laughs> social distancing. I didn't, I didn't intend to.
2: It just happened. I don't know. <laughs> you don't choose this life. This life chooses you. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's... I don't know. It, it hasn't changed too much. I mean, like, with spring kicking up, you know, we were kind of going through the laundry list of you know, projects, you know, just to kind of get the house ready for w- the warmer weather and stuff. And other than that, um, you know, it hasn't really changed our life too awful much other than just, you know, kind of, um, uh, you know, the, the hovering dread and anxiety. and um, Yeah. But, you know, other than that, like, it's, it's kind of business as usual. I definitely. I, I think it.
1: I think it. I think it's in degrees. As you know, it's like you're very rural. Uh, Sal is is suburban, even though in a much larger uh, metro area than than I am. And then you know, we actually live in the city in Milwaukee. And I think that the the closer you are to a lot of people, the the maybe the more weirded out you can get. It's it, so that's 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 kind of my take on that is, uh, you know, being around a lot of people can, and you, you're much more aware of it, but, uh, you know, whatever it's,
2: it's going to work out. (laughs) Yeah. You know, one way or another. (laughs)
1: Uh, so, um, we talked about in the intro, some of the, some of the work that you've, that you've done in, uh, in your career. Um, I know that, that most people listening always, want us to jump to, to walking dead, but, um, I want to talk about some of the big news about fear agent, which is one of my all time favorite series that you worked on. And it sounds like there may be some really cool stuff going on with fear agent.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You guys have always been super kind to us uh, with that book. Um, this but, is, uh,
1: if you, if you can see, this is a con button that I picked up he's about six off. months before that book ever... I think I got this from Rick in San Francisco at a WonderCon like however many freaking years ago.
2: Original issue right there. (laughs) It's got some smuts Uh, in it. Well, that's the way it's supposed to be. It's got (laughs) to be some grease. Battle scars. Uh, But yeah, uh, Seth Rogen's uh, production company uh, has picked it up and they've got it... um, with Sony Television at Amazon, so uh, it'll be on there alongside like The Boys and um, other stuff that's on Amazon. I don't really watch it. <laughs> whatever,
0: whatever anyone exactly. has to say about Seth Rogen, he's got excellent taste in comics. I mean, he's already done you know Preacher and uh, well, there was there was another series Wasn't Green it Hornet. Uh, well,
2: you know. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, Green Hornet. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and he's got a really good track record of like getting shit done. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, he he seems like he doesn't. They don't really step up to the plate um, with without you know seeing it through. So that's for, for it. a guy
1: that seems like a really laid back, just like lazy stoner. He is prolific.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, th- I mean, it's I think it's because he loves what he does, and um, yeah, he, and he. Does what he loves, so um, it, it produces a lot of uh, a lot of good work, and it um, you know you can see the the dedication to the stuff shines through, and uh, and I think uh, yeah he's just he, yeah he's just into this stuff, and uh, you know is is excited to you know kind of introduce it to a larger audience out there, and I, th- I think it's great. Yeah, and we're I- kind of
1: at this. <laughs> <laughs> you what? What was that?
2: For one, I'm for it. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you are.
1: As as we're kind of entering this this like new golden age of of streaming television, and you know, it's almost like that's overtaken movies in in where a lot of properties are going just because of the sheer volume of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that exciting as as someone who who works at? The, the ground level of of character creation and world building to say and i I know it's not your your end goal. You've always been a guy who's been really straightforward about I'm here to make comics, but it's gotta be it's gotta be a thrill to see that stuff get adapted into another media.
2: Yeah, I mean and, with the you know the like the new paradigm of television is like like budgetarily and uh, production quality wise, it's on par or better than most stuff in movies. Um, And I think what appeals to just about every comics creator um, is, is the fact that it's long form. Um, You know, like I think before kind of this, this type of television and um, stuff had really taken hold, I think, Everyone, you know, if you got a movie, you're like, yeah, that's going to be an awesome, like, representation, seeing it come to life, and it's going to look really nice, and it's going to be really cool, but in the back of your heart, you know that it's going to be, like, an abbreviated version, you know, you're never going to be able to cover, like, all the ins and outs, especially if it's something that really ran for a long time, you know, if it's a, you know, a shorter, like, graphic novel project or something like that, you know, like, those are perfectly super movies, but most creators have known, like, any any long-form thing is going to have to get really boiled down um,
1: Yeah, for a movie. Adaptation. It's going to be hard to do a trans-metropolitan, the movie.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, most TV stuff was, like, cheaper and, like, um, you know, but you were like, <laughs> I get the long-form stuff, I get more time to play with it, but it's kind of like, it's nice. But now, that's not really how it goes, especially if you get the right network behind it, Um
1: you know, you like you get some yeah. Bezos money behind that fear agent. We're actually going to see some 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 cool shit. I'm hoping.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, um, like talking to the Sony TV guys and stuff um, when they were still shopping it around. Uh, the first thing they said was, "Look, we're gonna uh, every network we go to and talk to. Like, kind of the first thing we're going to tell them is, this is going to be one of the most expensive shows. It might be the most expensive show you have." And
1: for, for pe- people pe- Yeah, for people out there that aren't familiar with, with uh Fear Agent, and I'll I'll grab uh, let me reach reach deep into the archives here. You don't have to. I can do it here. You you just keep <laughs> oh, talking Have you? Chris. Have you I been, got
0: it, I got it.
1: There's my, my producer agent Omnibuy. Um, um give people the uh quick rundown of if it's possible of, of what the the basic idea of fear agent is is and and kind of what they can expect if they and and I encourage anyone who's not read the comics go back and read the comics because they're awesome.
2: Uh, basically, we are following a kind of hard scrabble spaceman in the direct aftermath of a big interplanetary war that involved um, kind of Earth being the 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 clashing point for two, um, or for three alien races that were at war with each other. And they all, you know, earth just kind of got caught in that, uh, in the middle of all that, that, fracas and, um, and was just basically collateral damage, but was absolutely wrecked. And, um, he, Houston is our hero and, uh, he managed to survive and, um, uh, but a, a pretty great loss. And now he is, uh, you know, just kind of wandering the cosmos as a as a hired gun, mostly taking jobs as, um, like, an exterminator of different alien races um, and stuff like that. There's, like, a tiered system of intelligences that are, like, considered ethical to kill and all this stuff. And he tries to follow the rules, um, but that wouldn't be very fun. And uh, that's that's where we take off.
1: And, um, uh, what, what, what I love about that series is that I, I had never really read EC comics before mm-hmm. fear agent. And in a lot of ways, I mean that for, for you and for Rick, remember the, <laughs> the, the, the writer, of the series, in a lot of, that series was a big love letter to EC comics, right?
2: Oh yeah, totally. Um, so when I finished, uh, working on the walking dead, um, uh, I'd done a cover gig for Rob Zombie's uh, Spook Show International, and he wanted, uh, like, a Tales from the Crypt, uh, weird science, weird science fantasy type thing, and um, on this cover. And uh, so I did it with the rocket ship and the bubble helmet and all that stuff. And uh, uh, I sent it over to Rick, and uh, we just started shooting the shit, and we were like, man, we should do a book like this. And at that point, I was not really that familiar with the sci-fi stuff i only had a few of those books but i had a a bunch of the horror stuff and quite a few of the crime ones um Mm -hmm. and then yeah we just started batting stuff back and forth and i'd say within a week we had the the book pretty much like figured out and um and just kind of hit the ground running with it and uh, yeah but it was always intended to be our, our love letter to ec um because they had so many different genres um, and we thought this would be a fun way to kind of scratch all our genre itches. Um, oh, but, it's you know, got them it all. You've got,
1: you got you've got, two yeah. twisted tales, world war two stories. You've got a freaking Western in there, weird science. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy yes. what you were able to cram into that book.
2: Yeah. And, uh, well, thanks. Yeah. We were, um, like I said, we, we just wanted it to be, um, you know, just, just relentless and um you know uh, people seemed to um connect with it like the ones who you know would pick it up and read it uh, seemed like they connected really well with it and um you know it was it was a long effort i mean i think we worked on the book for same you near know, 10 years and did 32 issues like in between all of our other projects um because it was at the time, you know, like we were still kind of in the the heyday of, of horror stuff. You know, like mm-hmm. Walking Dead was still kind of like gold standard creator own stuff um, at that point. And so, the the market was wanting more and more horror stuff. Um, but I was, you know, kind of like I, did, I didn't want to do like another zombie thing. And we were kind of um, I don't know, kind of <laughs> of over that feeling and, and it wasn't really yeah. getting jazzed um, and so we yeah, we thought like I don't know maybe what's the next big thing like I, I, like, I think they had just uh, I think Deadwood had just started and we're like well maybe Weston's the next big thing like it, it's really good I don't know like see what that is and um, we're like I don't know man. I mean there's so many other good things like anything could be the next big thing so let's I don't know let's just find something that kinda of speaks to us and you know if it kinda of, if we can kind of play around with it and whatever then you know let's explore it and see what happens. And,
1: yeah and it looks like i mean it felt like Rick was putting out something like every month. It was like a new title from Rick at that point. Yeah, yeah he was
2: Yeah, he was uh he was really getting after it. And um but yeah, I mean, you know, Fury for a long time was kind of this um uh, sisyphus and the boulder scenario it felt like every time we'd get ahead a little bit um something would fall apart and uh it was just really hard to you know like the the sales on it were, were never really good enough for it to pay for itself and like pay both of us like a living wage so <laughs> we were both taking on other other gigs and then trying to juggling them um, so I was doing exterminators at the same time as spear agent there in the beginning, yeah. And uh, I am uh, I am not built for multitasking and uh, that type of stuff. <laughs> I, I I will f- freely admit it. I I tried to juggle them both and ultimately kind of fucked both of them up. Um, I, I but, and
1: Sal, I, I know I know Sal wants to wants to ask a question, but I have one of my favorite remembrances whenever we had you and Simon Oliver on the show, a, a moon's age ago. Mm. And, and and you're like, Simon, stop writing scripts that say avalanche of bugs. Oh,
2: <laughs> oh that's every fucking <laughs> like, That's, I mean, I, I'll have to dig out the script somewhere, but there's uh, in Agent, the, the the big fight scene that's on the moon base spoilers, mm-hmm. Uh there was, like, I think it said, like, pages you know 21 through 25 go nuts that was it like uh, that thanks that's awesome great so i also get to rate this part and draw it Um, way to go kirby go get him kirby yeah it was great but no like every writer loves that or like you know giant crowd scene 200 people it's like yeah that's 15 fucking letters but you know that's gonna take me five days um, you know. I, I
1: remember I remember being at a convention one time and I'm walking in there closing the convention down for the day and Chris Chris Moreno is sitting at a table and Chris is one of my favorite people I'm like Chris are you going to come out and join us for drinks and he looks at me and he's like takes a writer 15 seconds to say Batman crashes through a window takes me all fucking night to
2: draw it man I'll see you tomorrow <laughs> that's it man that is it uh, Andy Parks uh, was inking me on Exterminator for a while. And he said we should be getting paid by the line. Um, <laughs> so I, I mean, I would definitely notice, like, data-wise, um, you know, pages that are uh, a little more open or have at least more, like, heavy-spotted blacks and more open whites um, don't take up as much uh, data as, as a page with a lot of shit all over it and i could definitely tell uh just looking through the uh you know my windows uh and seeing like how many uh, megabytes some of the ones i could tell like oh that was a rough one like cuz it would be like you know <laughs> five times as much data as a uh, as the neighboring pages if it was like a you know tidal wave of cockroaches or some bullshit and, yeah i'm gonna go grab a
1: glass of wine and and you and sal can talk since i've been taking up all your time
0: (laughs) well geez don't leave me on the spot how you doing buddy how's it been (laughs) i'm doing
2: all right
0: so uh i went to memphis uh over this uh earlier in the year and i went to Mm -hmm. uh sun records you know sun studios That's
2: that's awesome
0: yeah um and and uh, got to hold Johnny Cash's guitar, and uh, yeah, and and Elvis's mic, and I thought about you, and I wore I wore my Johnny Cash <laughs> shirt just for you tonight because I know you know you would appreciate that. Indeed, um, that's killer. So, uh, I in this whole pandemic thing. Uh, I have a weird, you know, sickness about like. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean into it. So I read a couple of uh, series of things, and you know, of course, The Walking Dead. I, I I went back and I read Volume One of The Walking Dead, and it was interesting. All these years later, to to sit and read it and think about it, and and I was amazed at the very end. Something occurred to me, and I wanted to ask you, and you may not have an answer for it or not, but. At the very end of Volume 1 is the scene where Rick comes back and he sees... He's leaving uh, for Atlanta and he he sees Bicycle Girl, as she's been named uh, now uh, from the show. But uh, he he stops for a moment and he sheds a tear. And I thought this time reading it, I'm like, that's kind of weird. It's kind of odd after everything that he had experienced up to that point that he would feel that emotional about someone that he didn't know. And so my question is, did he know her? And maybe it wasn't part of the script. Maybe it wasn't ever something that you guys even talked about, but it was something that occurred to me at that time of like, did Rick know her? Is that why he was so emotional or it was simply, um, you know, may have just been a good way to end the chapter sort of, you know, but I, I I kind of felt like it made more sense that he knew her.
2: Well, I mean, uh, so that happens at the end of the first issue. And, um, he, at that point, I don't think has, um, yeah, he's, he's met, um, is that the first issue? Am I wrong?
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I I thought it was the first end of the volume.
2: No, the end of the volume is the, the showdown with Shane. Um, yeah but,
0: oh right. Okay.
2: But yeah, so at that point he's he's just he's left the hospital, he's gone back home, he's seen like nobody's around, his neighborhood's a wasteland, and he's really had fairly limited uh exposure to the zombies um really only in the hospital uh at that point. Because he he went home and then met humans and um, and so he's only seen a few at this point, and he, and he's fresh out of a coma. So I would imagine at that point he's, he's fairly emotionally raw and like fairly shocked. But I mean, you know, Cintiana is a small town, so there's a, you know, a 99% chance that he knew this person, at least in some sort of cursory capacity, um, you know, as an acquaintance or something. Cause I mean, a town that size, you yeah, And he's you the know, sheriff here that... That and, uh, you know so i'm sure yeah he's, he's got to at least have seen her or something right. you know it was i was my, just sort my, of amazed
0: my... at that point of like i've read it it's probably my third or fourth reading of that to be honest and and mm. it was just it, i was sort of amazed like wow i'm still i'm still pulling something out of this book all these you yeah. know years later and and that moment of like oh i i bet he knew her and like i said i i didn't expect you to have a Definitive answer on it, because I'm sure when you guys were doing it, it wasn't necessarily, you know, something uh, thought of or conscious. It may have been a subconscious thing or or not anything at all. I think
1: I I think I think if you put it on the page, I mean, there's thought into it and it's I mean, it's a full it's a it's a full page and a half that that sequence. And I, I, I read it as it's a huge amount of humanity for him to stop and put this pitiful monster out of its misery. Um, right. But, ne- so I've talked to a lot of people about kind of this idea that, especially Gen Xers now, we've been through 9-11, we've been through the financial collapse of 2007, and now we've been or in this isolation COVID-19 thing. Every time, and I hate to be able to say that. Every time this shit has happened, um, yeah, right. it's like it's like four or five days into it. The first time was nine eleven. That you know that was what was that on a Tuesday, I think. Um, and I remember this moment on Friday, once the craziness had kind of stopped, and there was a quiet moment where I sat down in my living room. I was living in St. Louis at the time, and just emotionally let go and just mm-hmm. you know wept and mm-hmm. it happened in 2007 and it's going to happen at some point in the next week or so I'm just going to have this emotional breakdown and then it's going to be over and then we're going to move on and that that scene was like this moment of quiet where he's not being chased and 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 zombies on his heels where he's able to to have a moment of humanity in that tear I think was reflective of that. It's like, you have to have that emotional release at some point in a catastrophe.
2: And at this point, you know, it, 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 it's a demonstration that he's not, he's not been hardened to the world yet. Like, you know, like this, this shit is like already going haywire. Uh, you know, at that point, he that's the first zombie he had shot. That's the first zombie he had purposefully killed. And, um, um, And, you know, like, he hadn't gone to war with, like, other humans at that point, (coughs) you know, outside of, like, his job. But, like, you know, like, the real, like, apocalypse, (laughs) you know, the post-apocalyptic kind of warfare stuff, like, none of that stuff had happened yet. So he still was, you know, uh, had a connection to other people just because they're people. And, uh, you know, yeah, when he looks down and sees that, like, it's hard to not, I don't know, anytime I I don't know, a reasonable person sees someone hurt, but you hurt for them because it's, you know, that's, that's empathy. Unless you're a fucking sociopath, then, uh, you know, <laughs> well, I'm a little cold. I don't know if yeah. I'm sociopath.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that, is that where you get whenever you go to conventions and you're like, Shane
2: is my favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> like, whoa. <laughs> like, I, well, like, at the same time, like, Shane, they, they, you know, Shane, especially in the show versus the comic, he, he was a much deeper character in the show because he hung around for longer. But it's the same premise. Um, it is that, you know, he, he really got punished basically just being ahead of the curve. Um, he had already, like, accepted it and was ready to just move into it. Um, where everybody else was holding out hope that it was going to get better and that it wouldn't come to that. And he was like, no, that's just what it is. And it was ready to start fucking dudes up. And yeah, uh, those are the people that fucking scare me right now. (laughs) But yeah, so it's a weird dichotomy. And I think, um, you know, like we probably all have a little bit of both of those in us. I know I do. Um, You know, I think like when it comes to my loved ones, like, You know, it didn't matter who, uh, you know, if there was a threat or what. I do everything in my power to, to you know, defend Mm -hmm. them. Um, But at the same time, you know, like, like right now, COVID nineteen stuff. Like, you know, our, um, you know, like the numbers are creeping up, and it's you know not not awesome to see. But so many people still have this like callous. Um, reaction to it it's like oh it 's only so deadly blah 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 and like mm-hmm. it's not it's not so bad and it's like do you know how how many ten thousand dead bodies is like how many dead yeah. bodies do you want in your house like, well but like one like, three the, is too many like any any is too many you at know, the same like, time like, don't you think people? that's
0: a defense mechanism too it's it 's something because because I keep going back and forth of like Oh, this isn't that big of a deal. Oh my god, I'm freaking out. And it's it's almost to me, it's like a defense mechanism for people to not lose their complete shit. Because you know, if you go online,
2: don't acknowledge.
0: Yeah, exactly. You don't want to acknowledge how bad it is, so you almost become callous to the situation, and you almost you know uh, become defensive uh, against any sort of like hyperbole um because you don't want you don't want to let that in you know because we're teetering on the edge of of sanity with it, you know
2: well yeah. i think like uh, when you start admitting potential physical vulnerabilities that requires a certain amount of emotional vulnerability and um that like there are certain people that when that they they feel themselves starting to that that gate starting to creak open. They slam it back shut. Sure, and um, you know, so it's an ego yeah, thing too. I mean,
0: you know, I mean, oh you,
2: you, like, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, so I think especially for men. Yeah, it's yeah. There's there's a there's a uh, this this can not you know this yeah. ain't gonna
0: hurt me. This is gonna do it. You know this this isn't gonna be what it is. I'm not gonna let this. You
1: know almost. well. I mean that's why we have to refer to it as a war, you know, right? <laughs> and as a battle. we're going to we're going to win this fight. I'm
3: like, so, eh,
1: okay, you know. Well, I tell you what's up, let's talk about something a little bit cheerier and <laughs> yes. uh, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I'm tired of talking about this shit. Um so in addition to comics work, uh you've been um pretty busy in the last year doing stuff for uh Tyler Childers who is a, yeah. uh, a fantastic singer-songwriter. I don't want to pigeonhole him into being, you know, country singer. Um, uh, that's what he calls I, himself. Like, uh, you know, but, and that's that's the great thing about him. I would call him a country singer, but he's not a new country singer, you know?
2: Yeah, well, that's the thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been awesome. Um, I heard that album purgatory. Um, I heard universal sound on the radio, um, right after that album had come out and I was like, Holy shit, this is really good. Uh, I got to go home and buy that album because even if this is the only good song on it, it's totally worth it. And, uh, I bought it and I, I listened to it pretty much nonstop, uh, like the whole time. Uh, I mean, I still do, but, uh, Especially that first uh couple weeks, um, or probably a couple months after I, after I got it, uh if I didn't listen to it at least like twice a day, I felt like I was like like my day was like missing. <laughs> and uh, You'd fail yeah, you'd it just, home it just really connected with me and um yeah, i i I love it. Um there's something about like most most country music has gotten so vapid and so you know surface and there's no like storytelling and there's no like humanity in it and uh, uh, like Tyler you know grew up listening to stuff that did have those things and you know wanted to make something that connects with people in a real way and uh, and boy it 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 fucking did. Um, like as soon as I listened to it I was like that. Like that's a real life. Like that, I recognize that. I, uh, you know, like these are feelings that I have had. This is a life I've lived. Like I can, I can recognize this, um, and I just I fell for it, just completely. And then, um, um he had played around, uh, you know, this area a whole lot, but we had never gotten to see him, and we were like. Uh, oh man, we'll never get to, we'll never get to see him at a show now. Cause you know, he's going to be huge. And, um, uh, we had, <laughs> had tickets to go see John Prine and that had been canceled because he was sick and they, they delayed the show. And then when they reannounced it, um, in that meantime, he picked up Tyler as an opener. And so we were like, Oh sweet. We've already got tickets for that. And, um, uh, on their way out the out the door to the show, um, I just looked over on the kitchen table, and there was one of my uh, Baphomet pins, and I was like, oh, I'll, uh, I'll take one of those, and maybe I'll, you know, if I run into him, if he like, comes out and signs stuff or whatever, uh, I'll, I'll give him one, and uh, went to the show, and uh, I was talking to his, um, his tour manager, his road manager, and uh, at that point, I just thought he was the merch guy, um, and I had two <laughs> of them in my pocket, nice. and I gave one to... I gave one to him for Tyler, and then I was like, I'll give him the other one, uh, and then he won't steal that one. And it will be a better chance that it'll actually get back to him. <laughs> and uh, uh, fast forward like a couple weeks, and uh, and he reached out on Instagram and said, hey, man, thanks for the pen. Uh, you know, been looking at your work, really enjoyed it. I uh, want to see if you'd be interested in teaming up with my buddy Jimbo uh, to work on the album cover for the next album. And uh, fuck yes, so, <laughs> and, yes, I would. Thank the, you very much. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes sir, been, I would. Pretty much, pretty much like all I've been like, I'd say ninety percent of what I've been doing like ever since has been working with him on stuff.
1: Yeah, it's uh, so. the the name of the record is is
2: Country Squire, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I did some concept art. For the um, the all yorn video, which is the big like love song kind uh, mm-hmm. of radio cut on that. So and, uh, so is it is it a bigger thrill
1: for you? And, and and I know that they're two different creatures, but is it a bigger thrill for you to to see an episode of Walking Dead and see the you know created by and see your name there or to like, look at a clip of like Jimmy Fallon or, or Colbert where he's on and they hold up the record and you're like, Oh yeah, that's mine. <laughs>
2: uh, you know, it's weird. It's, it's a different thing in some ways. It's, yeah. I mean, because you know what? Yeah. When I see like Jimmy Kimmel hold up the album, like he's got his hands, his physical hands on my piece of artwork, like you yeah. know, like uh, the, walking dead stuff, I, you know, shit. I, I've gone to so many conventions where people wearing Walking Dead, you know, t-shirts dressed as the fucking characters that I designed uh, walk right past my booth like I'm a fucking ghost because they don't. <laughs> know what they don't like they just yeah. know the books and know me. Um, and so, you know, like that's one thing. Um, uh, but yeah, like when, you know, when someone has their hand on my artwork and I see it and yeah. like, oh, that's, that's just rad as shit. And, um, yeah. you know, like all your, um, well, when the album came out, it, um, it debuted at number one on the billboard charts, which was awesome. Uh, like that. So seeing that, seeing the the billboard listings and all the albums written out and seeing the picture over in the corner, like, you know number one, my album cover, Tyler Ch- like, that was fucking awesome, um, and then, um, when the Grammy nominations, uh, came out, and All You Wanted was up for the, uh, for the Grammy, like, again, like, that was, that was killer, because, you know, I mean, that was, uh, you know, the the album I did the, the cover art for, and, and I did the, you know, the concept art for, um, uh, you know, like, the animated band and stuff in the video, so, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's 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 different. I think maybe because like Walking Dead like show is not something I was like hands on with versus yeah. this stuff is you know like this is directly yours, yeah. stuff that I'm working on. Um, what's so, what's yeah. the what's the mind
1: what's the mindset? And I I only know this a little. I mean, just from the outside because I'm an art director by by day. Um the difference between being a, a sequential artist and working on a especially a creator own property where with the with the music stuff, I mean you're you're really commercial illustrator and 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 designer. Do you feel like it's a it's a really different you know mindset and a different skill set that you that you have to that you have to come at that with?
2: Um Not, not too much in, um, you know, I would imagine most of the, you know, most, most times you have this type of gig, um, it would feel more like, um, like working on corporate comics, you know, like drawing, you know, Deadpool or Punisher or whatever. Um, Okay. You know, like, like the things I love, you know, and I want to invest myself in them in a way that's, um, um, you know, I want to in- invest myself in a way, you know, that I feel like I'm giving it my best and everything. But at the same time, like I can't become so emotionally attached to it that I feel like it's mine. Uh, and that took me a long time to learn in comics because I come from creator own comics where, like, yeah, I put everything I had into everything I did because it was mine. And then, you know, when I'm working on stuff that's not mine, I didn't know how to turn that part of myself off and just do the fucking work. Um, and so. It was, it, it took me a while to get there with that. And, you know, like this isn't the first album cover I've done. So, um, you know, it was, you know, I went into it treating it like I would any of those other commercial kind of gigs. Um, but ty- Tyler was much more um, accepting and open to collaboration and um, spitballing stuff. And, like, it felt like, the process it, it made it feel like the process of a creator owned you know interaction again and uh, that fresh week, uh because you know he put the weird ideas and stuff that I put in that um, like 90 90 percent of them came from him uh, oh know, that's cool beginning. that's awesome you know so it's like he just dumped out this bag of Legos and was like here's what I've got um, this is what I'd like to try and build can we build it and I was like, uh, well, we can we can figure it out. And, uh, so yeah, like he came over to the house and, uh, uh, Jimbo, the graphic designer that did the gatefold inside the album and stuff, uh, and did all the other album covers and merch and stuff. Uh, he came over and we just sat here at the kitchen table for probably eight hours, just, uh, spitballing ideas, you know, having like a, you know, big powwow. And, uh, was like, here's what I'd like, and he was like, so what would that look like? And I had the iPad out, so I'd like mock it up. And, uh, I was like, oh, here's what it would look like, you know. Here. And uh, he's like, what if we did this? And I was like, okay, well, let's find out. And so, you know, we just played around with it right there on the spot. And I think we were able to probably get, I don't know, a couple months worth of work done, uh, you know, right there in the on the at the kitchen table because it was like a bullpen. We were able to get instant feedback and everything. Um, but, like, super collaborative, and, you know, I could run ideas past him if he liked it. Um, you know, he was, he was all for it. Um, you know, if he had reservations, I told him, you know, like, you're not going to hurt my feelings. I'm a big boy. Like, you know, if it's, if it's not your jam, you know, move on. Um, but, and then ultimately, like, when the album came out, um, he, he didn't even put his name on the front of it. Uh, which, again, like, that's fucking nuts. Like, I... I you know I like my whole life I've worked in an industry where I guaranteed to have my drawings covered up with words and uh, yeah and he didn't bother train you this is his uh, this is his freaking uh, uh, you know his, his his like big chance out you know his second album and you know, he's yeah. got a bigger audience and everything else and uh, uh, and he was like no I don't I, like we were going through like logo treatments and stuff. And ultimately, like we probably looked at twenty different versions of how we were going to write Country Squire and how we were going to write his name and all this stuff. And uh, he was like, "You know what? I don't, I don't like any of them better than just the artwork. So let's just just leave it just the artwork." Like that's bold. Yeah, that's fucking bold, Uh, man. Bold as fuck. Yeah, and and like I was honored. Like I mean, like yeah. I don't even have words for that because I've never experienced that before. Like it's crazy, um, but like that's that's how it's been like pretty much the whole time. You know. So oh, he's um, an artist too. Yeah, so you know,
0: I mean, he understands. You know wh- what it means. You know to put your yourself into that. I'm sure. Yeah. I, you know, it's got to be a different thing than you know working with publishers or necessarily people that aren't artists that aren't creators, aren't making things. Um, you know, they don't have, they don't have, and not to, not to make them seem evil, but they just don't understand what it means to make something, you know, they don't, they don't have a concept of it. They right. don't, they, they can't do it. Otherwise right.
2: they would be. And one thing that's really cool with what Tyler has done, he's made efforts to own everything uh, that he does. So, um, yeah. And, and he's, he's you know, he's he's done some stuff that's kind of unprecedented in, in the music industry um, by doing this and like long-term it's going to benefit him really well, but that's why he's so personally invested in it. And he is just really cool to, just, you know, take the ride and like, you know, embrace something weird and do whatever the hell he wants. Cause he doesn't have like a hundred people at the studio saying like, Oh no, you can't do that. It won't sell. And he's like, fuck it. I think it's awesome. I'm going to do it. <laughs> like just does. Um, it, it's a lot like creator-owned comics. It's uh, yeah, yeah. It's wild. It's
1: it's it's neat seeing guys like, like him and like Sturgill Simpson, who are. I was going
0: like, to bring him up.
1: Break, yeah, I mean they're breaking bounds and like reclaiming some of the rebel spirit in in country music, which, for for my ear and my taste, you know, commercial country music is. it it reminds me of like 1988 top 40 music where there's just absolutely no teeth or soul or any energy to it. And it it feels like there's a a moment that's getting ready to come with, with country music. That's going to reclaim it as, as you know, having this kind of, I hate saying rock and roll soul for country, but the, you know, certainly more of a more, you know, teeth and claw feel to it.
2: Yeah, well, I'd say, um, like there's a, a good portion of people who had just kind of gotten tired of, you know, the vapid, like, you know, whatever, uh, the country had become. I think, like, I mean. Yeah, I would say like, you know, around that kind of Islands in the Stream, uh, you know, I I feel like maybe it started to fall apart with Glenn Campbell and kind of like country-politan stuff when they were really leaning more on, you know, like pop music production for country sounds. And they stopped looking to, you know, bluegrass and mountain music and, you know, kind of the older forms and storytelling it became less about that stuff and more about, you know, it was, it was like this
1: sequence and hairspray.
2: Yeah. And it was yeah. you know like the rhinestone cowboy kind of, um, age, um, kind of took over everything and it, you know, it, it choked out like the roots of it. And, um,
1: yeah, and that's not to say like the Bakersfield sound was bad because I give me some Buck Owens, I'm cool with that. You know, yeah.
2: Um, uh, but was, I mean, was, you know, Buck Owens, Buck Owens was kind of ostracized, um, you know, at 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 the time. You know, in in, and he took out an ad in I forget what magazine or was a newspaper or something that said like Buck Owens is a country musician and like you know he was saying, like, look, this is different than the stuff you're hearing on the radio, but it um, mm-hmm. doesn't make it not country, and it's, you know, it's different. But at that time, I think it maybe gave them, like, a common enemy with, like, the, you know, the, the older, uh, like, bluegrass <laughs> and all the other kind of sub-genres of country that had gotten cut off by the, the country and kind of, yeah,
1: so it was sound all coalescing stuff. in in Nashville. Yeah, the Nashville sound. Yeah, so and yeah,
2: then, it's uh, and then that suit kind of like became E-Hawk. Like you know, you got that mix of Bluegrass yeah. and Owens uh, and all these guys, and you know, you know, I don't know. It's a weird. With which speak, speaking
1: of <laughs> speaking of the, the 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 hair and the and the look, I do have a question um, here from uh, from Paul Conan. Uh, he says uh he says, uh Chris, I can't I can't tune in on the live stream, but can you ask what grease he uses in his hair? I wonder if he's a
2: plastic
1: <laughs> petro base or if he's a newfangled water soluble guy. Uh
2: uh Usually like at shows I go um I go like AquaNet. I go straight up like Porter <laughs> Wagner uh, old school. Like KB, <laughs> KB it is Tammy Wynette. Nice. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting up and uh, you know, like I'm bending over and getting under the table, and I'm you know uh, getting up and down, taking pictures with people or whatever. And I'm trapped behind the table all day, and I don't have a lot of time to go to the bathroom and look at myself and make sure I'm still pretty. So I just lock it down before I <laughs> before I get there, and that shit won't move until I'm. I'll be like a skeleton in the ground, and my hair will still be like laminated. That's
1: awesome. <laughs> Sal, what do you got? I've been thinking up all of his time.
0: Oh no, I, I i I'm I'm running here behind the scenes. Um
1: I know, uh, uh, you're producing the show. You're producing the magic. <laughs> trying. Uh
0: no, you well you had brought up Sturgill Simpson. I'm wondering are you a Sturgill Simpson fan? Me? Oh yeah. No, not you. I don't care if you are, Chris. I'm Tony. I love him, Sal. I think he's <laughs> awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, he's great. I um, I'd been listening to Sturgill for for years. Um, like back, back when I lived in Kansas City, like uh, Jason Aaron and I would, you know, trade stuff back and forth. And, um, you know, when Latour was coming and going out there, and, uh, when that, you know, that kind of whole scene of guys was, you know, a lot more tight knit and. Um, just because we were in proximity, um, yeah. I, I love all the stuff I had heard from Sturgill back then, and uh, and just kind of every new album that he comes out and reinvents the sound. Uh, I, I just I love it all. I love it more every time. Yeah, he's definitely doing
0: some things uh, in that genre that I don't think have ever been done before. He, he, there's. Uh, you know, quite a fusion of sounds, and quite a you know, uh, just <laughs> his, his sort of balls that he has, and that's I you know, you talked about it a little bit before. It's like country music has become so uh, banal, and it's like where are the balls? Where are the the risk takers? Where's the rebels in country music? Because that's when I think of country they music, they never went away. They they never went away. <clears throat> well, they okay, just they didn't were, become popular. They weren't popular yeah. anymore. They just you know weren't making. Yeah. Um, well, I do have another question uh, in regards. Did you did the uh, the poster uh, for Tyler the uh, Live at the Fillmore poster, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've, I've done a few posters for him, but yeah,
0: that was, that one has goddamn a
1: goddamn graphic design masterpiece, man. <laughs> that thing is awesome.
0: Well, I love the <laughs> the rat fink, you know, sort of uh, style to it. I want, was that your idea? Was that Tyler's? Was that a combination? In,
2: Uh, Yeah, no, he, uh, they asked me, they they gave me a handful of dates, and they said, you know, like, here are a bunch of shows. Uh, We'd like you to do a few of them if you're interested, as many as you're comfortable with, and then, you know, spread some around. Uh, And so the Detroit one, you know, I wanted to do, one, I wanted to do a poster for Fillmore because it was by Fillmore. Right, right. Um, And I was staying in my Detroit, I could do something car related and I had some different ideas. I thought about doing like a, like a crusty, like, uh, like car gears, like equipment, kind of feeling like biomechanical thing, almost like a weird, like redneck HR Geiger kind of thing. Um, But I kept kind of getting pulled into the, the, like hot rod show poster stuff and, I was like, yeah, I'm going to throw this together because it'd be fun to do. I don't know if Tyler would go for it. Uh, but I did like a, you know, mocked up a sketch and I sent it over to him. And knew uh, he and his manager were both all about it. Um, and so I just uh, laid into it, you know, tried to put the whole, um, the sum of my, uh, you know, like growing up reading, uh, you know, cartoons magazines. <laughs> I was going to bring that, I was going to ask, I'm like,
0: obviously you, we're a fan of cartoons, like that was you know, oh yeah,
2: like, everything I know about drawing cars. I learned from George Trosley's like little how to things, um you know, like taking the wheel you know and making it a an ellipse and then having it lurch forward to put motion into a car because it's you know kind of static thing, uh um, you know like all that all the stuff that people put in those articles i I was reading as a kid, and I tried to you know, remember it and put it into when I'm doing that. That was like one of the,
0: now. that was yeah. some of the earliest tutorials that I remember ever reading. Like that was this, you know, he, those articles that he put out there of how to draw cars were some of the earliest mm-hmm. stuff that I ever remember seeing like, Oh wow. This is like, there's a, there's a, you can learn this, you know, it's not just mm-hmm. a talent yeah. thing. Like you can learn how to draw things.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and, it was, yeah, uh, and, and- like, for me that was like around the time like the school library had all those like draw fifty, whatever, uh, by Lee J. Ames who used to draw Tarzan.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: but, uh, you know, it was all that how like step by step stuff, and uh, I love those Walter Foster books you could get at Walmart like the big. You know, like it was like a piece of poster board folded in half, and it was a big oversized book with the how-to steps. I
0: remember those. I don't, I
2: but uh, yeah, like all that stuff was kind of in the the nexus uh, at the same time for me, and so yeah, it's it's kind of hard for me to separate them in my head because you know I was like you know in elementary school or whatever, like that was like that's how I learned how to draw. Well,
0: one of the things about this poster specifically that I appreciate the most is the the fact that the trailer is a, is not quite as big as the truck. The truck is really, you know, and <laughs> you know, That's it's got no the
2: perspective. <laughs> well, come on, any bigger than both of them put together?
0: Yeah, right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's okay, and and I in that is not the poster that I was thinking of. It's awesome. It's the Tyler Childers uh uh with Marty Stewart at the Ryman poster. That's the one that is fucking ridiculous because it's two posters in one. It's there's a backlight or black light element to that poster mm-hmm. that is just um, it hurt my brain thinking about what you went through to design and produce that poster. It is, and this is coming from a graphic designer and art director. It is something that I would never even fucking attempt. Yeah, not not in a million years. I mean, it, it damn near killed me, but uh, I, like, I yeah. got it. It's
2: amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. And, it's amazing. and uh, yeah, I, I was like, you know, it's the rhyming. Yeah, Tyler's got a. Four night stand at the Ryman, and, and I get to draw the Marty Stewart night. And I'm like fucking hell, I'm gonna swing for the fences on this. And uh, it was easily the most ambitious poster project I've ever done. Um, oh my god, but, it's, yeah, it's I mean, ridiculous. Two posters, um, and uh, yeah, it uh, it whipped my ass. <laughs> I mean,
1: I when, I when, when, when it
2: was it.
1: done. When it was done, and he saw the finished product, what what was the reaction on that? Were you afraid, was, or were you just he was, like, he's going to fucking die?
2: Well, I'd send him mock-ups along the way. Um, you know, I kind of told him what my idea was, because I wasn't going to like invest, you know, weeks of busting my ass on this thing and have him turn it into him and go, eh, I don't like it. So, uh, you know, I tried to make sure, like, as we went, like I'm like, if you're not on board with this idea, then tell me now, we'll find something else that you dig." um but, Uh, That wasn't how it went, Um, so I pitched him that idea, and he said, that sounds awesome, man, go for it, and then when we saw him in print, like, yeah, like, it's the first print job I've gotten back on something that I had nothing to complain about, like, I've had had plenty of stuff come of the printer, and I'm like, oh, man, like, they didn't. They didn't really baby the screen like they could have, and so some of these half <laughs> kinda of fell apart, and so the detail like fell out, or they weren't keeping their you know, they weren't keeping their ink thin enough and bleh, or they didn't match the yeah. colors properly. These guys just fucking nailed it
1: and uh, fucking yeah, Isn't that that's the best it's the best feeling in the world. And uh, Sal's showing it uh, uh, on the feed right now. That is the black light uh, version of it, which is is amazing. Um uh speaking and I and I'm looking at all these at uh Colonel dot com, which uh, kind of all the stuff that we're talking about. Um you've got a pretty extensive uh online gallery and, and marketplace for people that wanna wanna buy prints and, and all sorts of merch. Uh there's great free agent stuff, Walking Dead, Tower Childers, uh all sorts of stuff. So um uh it's a ri- go <laughs>
2: brian helped me put it together i wouldn't have that site if it wasn't for brian (laughs) i did yeah i you
0: know i uh i was uh honored when you uh asked me to help you out with the website i was i was like absolutely you know are you kidding me for sure uh if you if you need a if you need me to come in and revamp if you need an update i'm
2: i'm certainly uh available so sweet yeah i uh yeah I've loved it. I, you know, maybe we'll like, play with the set dressing on it a little bit here before too long.
3: I don't know. I don't know
2: if people have gotten if it's if it's gotten stale on people yet. But I like it though. It's awesome. Well, I see a bunch of shit that's sold out, so must not be too stale. Yeah, I guess it's doing okay. It's done all right. Yeah, that's what well, uh, one of them fucking the- Ryman posters. <laughs> well, They're all gone. I keep uh, I keep a certain amount held back in my stash. We can we can talk after the show. <laughs> we'll talk. About, we'll talk about <laughs> Well, well. Speaking well. Speaking of
1: sir, um, uh, we I don't know if we need to wrap up. If you need to, if you need to to run off, I'm I'm fine to. I can go for another glass of wine, but it's up for you.
2: I I don't mind talking. Um, you Let's can take t- a little trip to the bar with me if you want. Yeah, let's absolutely. Right.
0: Yeah, I wanted to talk uh, more tattoos. I know you and your lovely oh, wife oh,
3: yeah.
0: have uh, have gotten heavily into yes. tattoos. I'm not gonna show them all our garbage. <laughs>
2: okay, <listen>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I won't show them. Uh, so here's my, here's part of my whiskey stand. nice, nice very Houston. nice. Fit up on the shelf. I'm gonna, so get it I'm in. gonna
0: refill uh, as we speak. As we're doing this, we might as well. Yeah, refill. Yeah, we're gonna do it. Reload. I, I
1: still, I still, I still have about a third of a quart jar of fucking moonshine, uh, floating around here some somewhere that you brought me at a C2. Yeah, that's the stuff.
2: Volcan's yeah. finest. I've also got some, like, alarmingly easy to drink uh, blueberry moonshine.
1: Uh, oh Jesus!
2: So it's so fucking good.
0: Oh, my wife wanted me to say hello to you. Uh, to you guys, my wife, uh, Kim. She rem- when I said, "Oh, we're talking to Tony Moore," she was like, "Oh, from uh, Cherry City or uh, Cherry Capital Con when we were <laughs> hanging out." Oh yeah, yeah, she had a good time then.
2: Man, that was a- oh shit. Yeah, that was a that was a great show, man. That was a I don't know, man. I, like I think I think back on that one, and it was really kind of unlike almost any other show I'd ever been to, and I had. Not really I know, I wanted to do it because <sighs> it was uh, okay. you know in a time where you know we, we were hitting all the big shows you know, like you know New York and San Diego and stuff and like like Walking Dead and you know was still kind of in its in its TV you know like prime uh-huh. and you know that was a time when like I could go to a, a con and. If we played our cards right, I could make as much in a weekend as I made in a whole year of drawing, like, shit from marble. Sure. And, you know, like, that peak, you know, quickly went away. But, um, uh, so at that time, I wasn't giving small shows a, a really a fair shake. And then I went to that one, and I was like, holy fuck, like, it's so relaxing. It's so fun. Like, I can actually talk to people. That was a fun like, show. Act. And, like, it was awesome. And it just, like, it totally, yeah, like, 180 turned me around on all that. Now, I don't, I don't even like, I mean, I haven't been to San Diego or New York or C2E2 in years. I don't even remember the last time I went. And uh, I don't miss it.
0: I Honestly, me and the kids will go to smaller local shows before we go to the big shows just because they're more, um, they're more like shows used to be. You know, they're more like a comic yeah.
2: book show. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I, Windy I, City, baby. Man, that was so like, and yeah, that was like that was the feeling. I realized I was missing, and like I, I, I found I was like increasingly unhappy at cons. Like, like every time yeah. one came up, I, I wasn't excited anymore. Like, yeah. I used to get so, so cheap, they're all the like, sa- they, were, they were, they were, all the same show. they were yeah, all the same yeah. show. Yeah, and it was just like grind. I mean, like I felt like fucking Jack Torrance of those things. Like it was, like I remember, and I had like a big argument. He's like, "How come you don't fucking come out and like you know drink and hang out with us anymore?" It's like, dude, I can't. Like, I, I, <laughs> well, I, I got kids found me at home. Like I got commission sketches like out the ass that I, I don't remember give them done, I give the guys their money back. I'm not leaving that money on the table, and I cannot yeah. go fuck up with my friends and then come home and not have given it my level best. And, like, you know, if I don't come home with a week's worth of money, then I can't be gone for a week. It was this thing of,
0: like, I remember, because we met, like, really early in your your career. Walking Dead had come out, obviously, but it wasn't, you know, there wasn't a TV show, it wasn't this global phenomenon kind of thing. And I remember, like, there was this change and with you and and a bunch of other guys, but with you specifically, like there was this change of like, I could go to a show and I could sit down and talk to you for a little while and say hi. And, you know, and then it was, I couldn't get past the crowd (laughs) to to, like wave and (laughs) say hello. Tony, Tony, how are you
3: doing?
2: Victim of your own success kind of scenarios and like, it did, man. It, like, it was just, I, I would come home from those things, like, you know, like, my pockets were full and I was happy about that. But I just was ass whipped. Like, I would come home from New York and have to sleep for, like, four days just because, like, I had, I had nothing left. Like, I just couldn't couldn't do it and it just wasn't fun anymore. And I was like, you know, it's gotta I would be a rather weird. at this point, like, not make so much money and then just, like, whatever. Like, I'm, it's, I mean, like. I was noticing attrition that shows anyway, uh, you know, like nothing stays gold forever. Um, it's got to so, be a, yeah, cool. once, once, once I be a little tough ride to... It was kind of coming to an end. I was like, you know, I think I'm ready for that anyway. Uh, <laughs> but it's got to be tough to <laughs> sort know, my... of get to
0: that because you work so hard to be successful. You work, you know, uh, for so many years for people to take notice, and then they do, and it becomes you know, in your case, something that maybe was overwhelming and, 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 and not what you, uh, expected, uh, yeah. it's gotta be tough to sort of like go, well, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to pull back from that or I'm going to, uh, you know, uh, it, it's a double edged sword. I, I would imagine.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, like I always try to like, you know, like Scrooge McDuck said, you work smarter, not harder and when I realized I was like oh man I'm not working smart at all like I'm just working hard and it's killing me Um, then I started looking like diversify you know the income and have like a passive income stream because most comics artists and they're all feeling it now a lot of us have this tendency to focus on what's on our plate at the moment and that's it and so they don't have any sort of passive income or, you know, something that's working reciprocal. in the background for them. And that's, you know, like, um, conventions helped me kind of build the safety net so I didn't have to take jobs that I didn't want. Uh, but at the same time, like, the, the website became, like, the crab pot. You know, I could set that, come check on it every few days, and there'd be some food in there. Um, and, and having, like, a, a, you know, more diverse... Um, you know, more irons in the it's, fire, you know, it's, it's re- it's really interesting. how you say that
1: it's so I've freelance photographer it is part of my, part of my income. Uh, it's what I did for, you know, full time for a couple years. And there's a, uh, there's a guy named Zach Arias, follow him, look at his videos, amazing photographer, um, really kind of gets it from the creative and the business side but he said, there's a guy named David Hobby, who is another one of my favorite photographers. And he said, no one in this business is better than David Hobby at setting out different buckets that collect money. There's no one cash stream that that he relies on. He sets out different buckets everywhere, and they all make little amounts of cash. And if any of those one buckets goes away he's going to be fine, and that's, you know, that's the life of a freelancer, and it it has to be.
2: Yeah, I mean, and it's a mix of, you know, like, some jobs, you know, it's it's fast nickels and slow dimes, but you don't have to choose between them if you're doing it right. You can can have a way to, you know, like, have one be working in the background while you're actively invested in another one, and, uh, you know, they all add up to dollars, Um, so... Mm -hmm. Um, but, but yeah, like putting all your eggs in one basket is, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's what almost every one of us does, which is how we get trapped in shit that we don't really want to do. <laughs> it's, it's how,
1: it's how you get, it's how you end up on the hero initiative, um, help list.
2: Yeah, Yeah. And, um, <laughs> right. Well, it is like, I. You know, like I I feel bad for you know lots of guys that are you know workhorses who are just like God bless them. I mean, they're putting the books out uh, in ways that I am not built to do. Um, but like, yeah. I mean, even those guys can be diversifying. There, you know, I, I I look at a guy I look at a
1: guy uh, from that from that you know kind of era that we were talking about like Russ Heath. I see so much Russ Heath in your work and. And 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 Sal, you know, Sal and I used to, you know, literally salivate over his work. And it's a sad story. I mean, that's an amazing artist that, you know, just in latter days, just not not good. And so it's um we always used to joke going to conventions that Tony's the talent. Tony's wife is the brains.
2: <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> I would, <you> know. <laughs> She found me in the ditch and I'd be there now if it wasn't for her. Um
1: yeah. I mean she I'm, really I think she I really know, kind of drew thing. a line in the sand. And it's like you're not going to take advantage of this talent and she was I mean she forcefully one of the best white like, managers I've seen for creators at a, I don't know the behind the scenes, whenever you guys are away from conventions, but for someone who takes no shit and is like, no, you're going to pay fucking market value. This is what it is done. Well, (laughs) and, and and the other thing was,
0: you know, Tony's such a nice guy. There was a time where, and, and I got it. Like I, like I understood it too. It was like, it was almost like you felt bad asking people for money for your work, which was so ridiculous.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's the epidemic in comics among almost all comics artists, is we all, like, devalue our work, um, devalue our time and our effort. I mean, it, sure. It, it, every one of us feels guilty for asking anybody to, like, pay money for it. And Do you think... It, like it's? It's weird. I, mean, I don't know why. Do you think it it's sort of like the the,
0: the the fraud syndrome that that people have a lot of, Absolutely. right? Absolutely.
2: Like, yeah. Because I like. I mean, so I went through this little period right as I was starting comics, where I had this notion invade my mind that all of my heroes were now my competition, and I was like, I'm fucked. Like I. I and it froze me. I mean, I, like, I couldn't do shit for, like, a month. I just couldn't get it out of my head, and I, it just fucked me up, and, uh, and then when I realized, like, that's not really what it is, and we're not all, like, clawing after the same, you know, whatever, um, you know, I was able to get that out of my head, but there's still kind of that inkling that, um, I mean, there, there are different, you know, levels, and there's my heroes, but then and there's a reason that <laughs> they're my heroes.
0: And so they're going mean, to figure it out. Somebody's going to figure it out one day that I'm a fraud,
2: <laughs> that I'm a fake. Exactly. It's just a matter of time before people realize, oh, he's not really that <laughs> and, uh and, and then it's over for me. I'm fine. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we all have that. And, I, you know, I think as I get older, it in some ways gets – Worse, because the more you learn about you know something, and in my case, like the craft of you know doing this stuff, uh, the more I realize my own shortcomings, and I realize how much I don't know, uh, and then that makes me feel even worse. And it, <laughs> yeah. Do you think, at a time where I'm the best I've ever been, I should be the most confident I've ever been, and for some reason I'm like it just eaten up with insecurity over it all? And, Do you think uh, writers? Feel as much of that as artists, because I feel like a
0: guy like Rick Remender doesn't have that <laughs> that in him. Like
2: he <laughs> writers don't have souls; <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, they don't
2: feel the pain that like humans feel. Um,
1: yeah, but Rick I, was a, Rick was a Rick was an anchor. Yeah. Oh exactly. yeah. That's good. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, Rick just seems like. At least now. I mean, I haven't talked to him in a long time, but the last time I had dinner with him, and he he just felt... I mean, it just he just seemed supremely confident. He was in a place where he had gotten a lot of things done, and mm-hmm. he, it just felt like he was very confident in his abilities at that point, and not in a bad Ooh, way.
1: Rightfully so. You know, rightfully yeah, so. Yeah, for sure. At that point, yeah. It produced a lot of good good work. I I, I love I love his story of um, his first pitch. I, I think it was at Marvel, and I don't know who he was who he was in there with. Um, but it was on a book that he had he had worked with this creator on on a book. Oh, and he was he was an inker
2: uh, Kieran on Avengers. Well, okay, it was Karen.
1: Yeah, and. Karen
2: and and the editor
1: is just like looked at him as like, um, why is your inker here?
2: Yeah, like Rick was pitching him like story ideas or something, and yeah. was like is your inker pitching me story ideas? It's like, yeah. Like, <laughs> like I, I hope that most uh, editors at this point have grown out of that shit. Uh, well
1: i mean I mean we we all know it there was the the and it's every industry is like I see it in corporate America in comics there was a time where the editors were all out of college and in their early twenties and they're yeah. calling shots on books, and you know it's like John Byrne could have walked in their office and they'd be like, Who is this old guy you yeah, know right.
2: <laughs> But it was a refreshing shakeup because it was the, mm-hmm. you know, there, there was that old paradigm where it was like, oh, you're an inker. That means you are an inker until you're dead. Uh, so sure. don't even pretend like you're going to be, be writing stuff. Uh, yeah. But like, kind of that newer way was more open to ideas. They didn't really care where they came from as long as they were good. And so, you know, and then you had guys like Andy Parks, who, you know, is yeah. an amazing inker and also an awesome writer. And, really can pencil most of us under the table also just kind of, you know, kindly. We're we're going to,
1: we're going to be talking to to Andy later this week. He's got a, he's got a Netflix movie coming out.
2: Yeah. That's awesome. I'm excited as shit.
0: Yeah. Uh, Andy definitely seems like a guy that going back to that confidence thing where penciling, it seems like that's what's the only thing holding him back is the confidence in his penciling.
2: You know what Right, I mean? and you know, it's not that he can't. You know, I mean, um, yeah, so many guys. I mean, you know, Romero was always the same way too. Like he, you know, he never he never wanted to pencil his own stuff because he felt like he just wasn't up to, you know, par with you know his peers or whatever. I'm like, dude, you're every bit as good as the guys that you spend your time inking. Like, just fucking do it. Um, but yeah, do, do you think what do you do you think with Andy and and. I, all three
1: of us love him like a brother. Um, yeah. Do you think that he's all right? Him he's, being all right. S- <laughs> <laughs> he's all right. He's all right. Uh, oh, do you I'm think a- him being so peanut butter and jelly as an art team with Phil at some point became, became like a, a, a tripwire for him because they became so synonymous, you know, and, they're both so fucking talented, but it was it was Hester and Parks, and, I uh, mean, they were...
2: No, no, I, like, it might have become a pigeonhole, like, for other people. They're like, oh, like, yeah, yeah, like, I don't want jelly without peanut butter. What the fuck? Uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: but people that knew should have known how good right. they both were
2: independently of each other, right? Right, right exactly. Um, and I don't know, from Andy's mindset, if he thought, like, uh, you know, if he, if he thought maybe he just, you know, did, didn't have what it took to, to fly solo. But, I mean, all of us know that he totally did. Um, it's uh, like, uh, I, well, in the last few years,
0: I've gotten into um, jiu and Muay Thai kickboxing, and I hang around with a lot of really tough guys, fighters. <laughs> and there's, uh, you know, it's the difference between a guy that is a killer in the gym but he can't do it in a ring he can't do it in front of a crowd in front of an audience mm-hmm. it's like there's that pressure uh you know wh- while he might murder everybody in the gym you put him in front of an audience and he just can't get it done and mm-hmm. i think th- it, you know it's like anything else that that uh that stuff seeps in that that pressure of like somebody's watching if nobody's watching i can do it and i'm great but if right. somebody's watching it changes everything and that's the difference between like the really successful, great ones, and and the the guys that just can't, for whatever reason, get out from underneath that.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's like when you're watching Jeopardy, and you see somebody just like eat shit. And like <laughs> that would be I me. <laughs> you're like, well, they had to pass the fucking test. Like they're they're clearly a smart person. They wouldn't be on Jeopardy. And then maybe like, as soon as the cameras turn on, they just fucking jump.
1: Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I have, I have <laughs> trivia. The answer is Martha Washington. <laughs> You know, as soon as they're sitting What's in their car, i back to them, I'm like, goddamn it! But...
0: <laughs> I have that yeah, all the time. I, like, get my nieces and nephews invite me to like comic book trivia, and I freeze, and as, yeah. it's like I can't remember anything. <laughs> I just, I've, I've, I've stopped going
2: because I suck so bad. Yeah. And it's like, I, well, that's a whole other skill set too, because I mean, you might have like, you know, like. The Metropolitan Library up here, but if you can't like summon it. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that's a whole other set of skills. I fumble so. with
0: the uh Dewey Decimal system of my own brain. I can't. Exactly. To get my card count.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there was a Deadpool question on Jeopardy today. I will mention that. And oh. I did get it. So
0: are you uh are you reading any comics, Tony? Tony
2: Jennings. Um, I haven't been reading much. I just picked up that, um, uh, was it strange strange worlds? Um, the Adam strange book that, Oh like, yeah. Tom King. Makes, yeah. Yeah. Oh. I, I just picked up the first issue of that i still haven't read it. Um,
1: I slept, a, I slept on a floor of an Airbnb with Tom King one year.
2: Factoid.
1: That's, that's how a, weird this, <laughs> that's, how, that's how weird this industry
2: is. Uh, do, <laughs> Yeah. I think about, like, the early days of uh, San Diego and, like, those suites at the Doubletree were so fucking expensive. But if you got, like, ten dudes in on it, it, it wouldn't so bad. And so, the, like, it was like a fucking clown car. You had dudes sleep, like, you had a guy sleeping on the coffee table and you had a guy sleeping under the coffee table. You had, like, every horizontal surface had a sleeping body on it. And if you wanted a hot shower, you had to wake up at, like, five in the morning to get there. Uh-huh. There are definitely uh-huh. men is, in yeah. this
0: industry that I have slept in a bed with that I will never, ever admit to doing <laughs>
3: that.
1: <laughs> it's... There are many convention that Sal would say the words,
2: I'm too old to do this
3: shit.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's rough, man. It's rough. But... So, uh, so, what do you, um, I mean... I just got a horrible notification...
1: No, no, no. I don't want to talk about it. I already know. I don't want to talk about it. Okay.
0: I know nothing. I'm I'm ignorant.
1: Um Yeah. I'm 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 fighting back tears right now. So Yeah. That's rough.
0: Uh don't tell me it's
1: Oh Jesus. Well so John, somebody tell me, God John, damn it. John, so So John, John Prime just passed away.
2: Yeah. Fuck. So, let it be known, from here on out, if I'm in a public restroom, and one of you fucking animals walks out without washing your hands, I will chase you to the parking lot, and I will cut your fucking hands off. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh-huh. That's rough. That's yep. rough.
1: <sighs> yeah. That's fucking Yeah, that's why my, my wife ducked in a little while ago, and she said, John Prine just passed away. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to try and hold it together, because... Uh, he is um yeah a huge part of like all of my life from before I could even remember so yeah that's so well, that's you cool. know I used in Chicago I lived uh exactly uh 200 yards from the Old Town School of Folk Music
2: It's pretty rad
1: Yeah so, where Steve Goodman and John Prine and many others uh kind of uh, built the American folk and folk rock movement, and yeah. uh, was Christopherson that I know he was like part of their Christopherson was he was more of a Texas guy. Um it was really it was really Goodman and and John Prine were the Chicago folk singers and that was the you know the kind of Chicago Milwaukee. And uh you guys I'm gonna grab a, a record that well my parents would play my, my parents would, would play records all the time with me growing up and and there were two records that were like burned into my brain as, as always seeing them out. And one of them was uh, little feet sailing shoes. Um, which I was like, what the fuck is that? It's like a six year old. And this is the other one.
0: Well, I'm going to, um, I just happened to come across a, a, a tweet by pitchfork. Um, and it's a quote by John Prine and it says, um, I guess I just process death differently than some folks realizing you're not going to see that person again is always the most difficult part about it, but that feeling settles (laughs) and then you are glad you had that person in your life. So I think that's pretty apropos. um, And, and hopefully, you know,
1: know, this, 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 this record cover is how I want to live my life. That's yeah. that's John, Pri- John Prine's Sweet Revenge. That is, that is, I wish I was that fucking awesome just one fucking day of my life and I wish I had the accomplishment of writing one John Prine song because nothing I can ever do will be as good as any John Prine song that has ever been written. Yeah.
2: Those are noble goals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, it's, uh, think, yeah, stay home if you don't own the, the, the first John Prine record. It's practically a greatest hits album of its own. Um, yeah, every, everybody should own that record.
1: Yeah, it's... Um, uh, yeah, I mean, they're all fucking... I mean, look at this fucking dude. I mean, he's just like, um, I own hits. And 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 he's, oh God, and he's writing songs that are just gonna fucking rip your goddamn heart off. And the thing is, he did it in the '70s and the '80s and the '90s. And you know, he's mm-hmm. making he puts out a record last year. Yeah, you know, I sent my
2: I missed a step still. I
1: mean, like yeah. Oh, I I sent that record to my parents standing in Florida, who I guarantee you are gonna have the the worst day of COVID-19 isolation tomorrow because one of their generation's troubadours is, is gone. So yeah, it, it sucks. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I will have private moments later. I mean, goddamn. uh, the, I, you know, I'm going to go downstairs and, and put a John Prine record song, you know, or John Prine record, uh, on who was that, The uh, fucking, uh, um um, ever you know, mm-hmm. Everclear yeah. was singing yeah. about fucking John Prine, you know, in the in the '90s, and you know that's a that's a California punk band talking about this, you know, Chicago, you know, folk singer mm-hmm. from the you know '70s. It's yeah, it's um, uh, yeah. the world is 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 not a, a better place right now.
2: No, no, we've definitely uh, experienced a pretty pretty huge human loss at this point. Well, you know, it is.
0: I don't know. I don't know how to look at any of this. Honestly, it's, um, it's, I mean, we are getting to an age um, where, you know, we're going to just deal with more of these type of iconic heroes passing away. But, you know, this, this, right now in this situation, dealing with this is, uh it, it's going to be a difficult, it, it's going to be difficult to, um to manage, but
2: I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, it's definitely um, like over the years, like, well, especially like when, you know, with fear agent coming along and stuff, um you know, I, I wanted to try to meet as many of my heroes as I could. Um,
1: yeah. I was just going to
2: ask. I, I, And I had, you know, I talked to Jack Davis a few times on the phone. I'd never gotten to meet him Mm -hmm. in person. Um, We had actually gone down to Georgia at one point um, and we were going to meet him. And we um, uh, like ships in the night. um, I reached out and um, because I called him ahead of time, a couple of weeks ahead of time and uh, tried to make sure it was going to be a time frame when he would be around and I guess it just you know wasn't on the docket, and uh, when when we got down there, uh, he said, "Oh, I'm getting actually getting ready to leave for um, for Athens like tomorrow for a, a Bulldogs football game, so I'm not going to be around." Um, and so at that point, it, it and then when he passed away, like that cemented like. Uh, you know, from here on out, like if I have the opportunity to tell one of my heroes face to face what they've meant to me, I am going to do it. And, um, so yeah, if anytime I have an opportunity and I'm at a show, um, you know, where somebody whose work, you know, has meant a lot to me mm-hmm. through my life, I will, you know, carve out the time and make the effort to, you know, have a conversation with that person and tell them what it meant to me. Um, well, I, I don't. I don't want to, you know. Like, I feel like a lot of people don't get celebrated until they're dead, and so I, <laughs> yeah. I made an effort <laughs> to, you know, if somebody is important to me, I try to, you know, proselytize for them. I try to get out and tell everybody what they mean to me now while they're still alive. Uh, and uh, yeah, um, Tony Moore, you mean so much to me. Well,
0: I was going to okay. say. I mean, I got to yeah. say, Tony. You know, uh, Chris and I. I mean, literally, before Around Comics existed, the night you know, like we uh, uh, came up with the idea of Around Comics, we met you at at uh, you know the Wizard Wiz-World. World. And, and oh shit, that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that was
2: yeah. the night My, that we you did that interview in the bathroom.
1: Yeah. And and oh my god, that's the bathroom sketch. Oh shit, that's do I the have knife. that sketch around here? <laughs> I have it. I re- bathroom you and Hester,
2: you and Hester, mm-hmm. you and Hester were in the
1: bathroom. Yeah,
2: yeah, and I remember like we there was a couch in the bathroom for some reason, and we were all in there like doing a podcast on this bathroom couch, which <laughs> now like sounds fucking horrific. Um, but we weren't even doing a podcast. We weren't recording fan. anything. We were, we were just talking. We were just drunk. He, and Hector walks in, and he's, he, he's using the urinal hands-free, and he's <laughs> drawing it. He's got a piece of paper pinned on the wall, and he's doing a sketch. I'll go get poor it. Poor Sal. While he's on the pisser.
1: Somewhere.
2: Was it you? Were you doing s- You and Sal. I, oh my god, that's amazing!
1: I, I've, I've got a, I've got a, a first edition Walking Dead trade that has an amazing Tony Moore zombie sketch from that bathroom that says, "Don't ever show this to me when I'm sober." Is the word <laughs> balloon. It is it is one of my prized possessions. <laughs> I don't know
0: I, mean, I don't know where it's at. It's somewhere in my art stuff. It's I have it. But but no, seriously, like the I, I do wanna say, you know, because of what you said, and it's just like, man, it, it, to have gone from that moment to this moment and and have watched your career oh, yeah. go from a guy, you know, doing a black and white comic comiced image that you
3: know—it's
0: it, an amazing thing. And there's so many guys over the years that we've watched do that same thing. And 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 Chris and I always said the same thing. It was it was it was like we went to a baseball game and then we hung out <clears throat> with all of our favorite players. And that's what we've gotten from this. You know, it's why we're still doing this all these years later. And yeah. and you know to to know a guy like you and uh, to to watch your career just take off and and, uh, and be able to appreciate the fact that your talent has taken you to places probably beyond your own imagination. Hopefully, hopefully beyond
1: for your sure. own imagination for sure.
0: um, is just a great joy for us. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and,
1: and yeah, uh, oh, I mean shit. When when I mean we were talking to you know Fraction when he was doing five fifths of science. Yeah. You know, it's in, and, and Jason, um, we were talking to Jason Aaron whenever, um, the, the Vietnam book, um, shit. What was the uh, Vietnam book? The, the other side. Yeah. yeah. The, the
2: other, other when the,
1: with him and cam Stewart. And, and the thing about the first had,
2: time I met him at the comic shop in Kansas city, he
1: mm-hmm. was
2: standing there. He uh, was pushing his son around in a, in a stroller, uh, his kid was still a baby in diapers, and uh, and the retailer out there, William Benderup, uh, introduced us, and he he had a pitch in at Marvel for the or at uh, at Vertigo for the other side, and he was hoping it was gonna go well, and to see that like go from that to how yeah. like <laughs> you know having run the fucking show at Marvel for years yeah. like. And it's, it's awesome, man. It's awesome.
1: Well, you know, and, and, and for us, um, it became, you know, we love talking with, with you guys. It was the, it was the up and comers and, you know, quite honestly, we were starting the show and we were trying to get people on to talk and it was, (laughs) yeah, let's talk to, you know, there's this, uh, uh, this nightly news book coming out by this, hickman dude let's mm-hmm. um yeah i'll I'll get his email we'll get him on, and so yeah we talked to talked to you know, this John Hickman guy about nightly news and and Jason Aaron and cam Stewart about this other side and and you know' and and so we were at that point, i mean this is two thousand and six, and we're talking to all of these you know indie creators that are coming up and really trying to to pitch their work and, and move the needle at all. We talked I remember talking to Cullen Bunn and, and, uh, and Brian Hurt about the damned and, Mm -hmm. and, and Cullen very honestly said, you know, if, eh, yeah, you know, if we're writing the X-Men or writing and drawing the X-Men and you sell uh, an extra, like 600 copies of the X-Men big fucking deal. But if you sell an extra 600 copies of the damned, that's kind of a big deal to us, and so I mean, it, it kind of clicked for us that you know, talking to 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 those guys, it's like, yeah, they're going to have good, honest conversations with us. But at the same time, we wanted to talk to John Byrne and sure. Carmine Infantino and Gene Colan because they were our heroes, and and so it's this, it's this double edged amazing sword that we were able to to talk to these amazing young creators that were coming up selling their wares. But I think for posterity's sake, we were able to get interviews with, with people that won't be around forever. I look at those Gene Cullen, you know, interviews and and Carmine, you know listening to fucking Carmine and Tom. Mm-hmm. That that could have been a, a show all of its own. Carmine Infantino and Tom Caters. Uh, together, just talking about the Flash. Um, So, you know, it went, but it's always gone both ways, I guess is what I'm trying to, trying to say, you know.
2: Well, I think, like, the more you interact with these guys that you, you know, that are your heroes, like, we have this tendency to lionize our heroes and think of them as, like, you know, that they lead some, you know, vastly different life than us, and that they're, you know, cut from some different cloth or whatever, and then you start to talk to them, and you realize, like, oh, you're you're just a dude. Like, you're, <laughs> <laughs> you're like the same kind of dude as me. And like all the dudes I run into at the store or whatever, like one of the best. Know, Cause like, yeah, those guys like, sure. They may have created your favorite fucking comics ever, but they still got to go to the grocery store and they still whatever mm-hmm. but they lead human lives. Um, and then like, once you realize like, they're just people like, um, like it's it makes it feel more approachable, but then it makes you really appreciate what they've done also. So like holy shit, like you're just like me, but you did that. Yeah. Like you did that thing. And who who have you who have you fucking
1: farweed out on in in your Who is your who is your Farley moment?
2: Uh well I like have I've really tried to like keep it cool and I don't know how well I've ever done it. Um but like um I mean shit, like the first time I called Jack Davis on the phone, I paced in front of the phone for like a half hour in a fucking flop sweat, like trying to figure out what I would even say to this guy. Um, and then uh I'm trying to think like I mean when I met Jeff Darrow for the first time and like talked to him. Like I'd seen him at shows and whatever, but I never And that's hilarious. Yeah. Top and, he's an intimidating uh, guy. Like he's did, going to a mountain and then on top of that like yeah. you, you know like his work is so amazing but like he's the sweetest uh like like he, he wants to talk to everybody that comes up and you know like he's yeah. he's super cool uh but so, like
1: at at at, Win- at Windy City Con we put Chris uh, Burnham next to Darrow, and I don't think that Burnham will ever fucking forgive us for that. (laughs) He's like, "You cannot put me next to him at this show because I'm not going to be able to talk to him all weekend."
0: I don't think that went (laughs) real well either.
2: That's awesome. (laughs) Got my Wilfred Home Appliances logo.
0: That's amazing. Beautiful.
2: Yeah, Darrow couldn't be the a, a nicer guy in the world. Yeah. And like, uh um, who was I with, uh, Alberto Ruiz had, was publishing these art books and he was like, you do you want to, do you want to meet Jeff? Like you can go over and talk to him. I'll introduce you. And I was like, Oh, I don't, I don't know. About
3: that. <laughs> and,
2: uh, over, and, and Alberto's, you know, just chatting him up cause they're friends or whatever. And like, I'm pacing around in the background, like a fucking psychopath. Um, uh, because I don't know what I have to offer to this conversation. Like, I don't know what to say to this guy. And, um, and then he just, he's like, Hey Tony, come on, come over here. And like, I like a deer in my head. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know what to think. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I then went over and I started talking to him and I was like, I don't know what I built this up in my head as, um, you know, and yeah, totally sweetheart guy. And, you know, um, yeah, but, like, it, it it was that thing, like, I, and at that point I realized, like, uh, that thing, like, you know, if he's your hero, go talk to him. Like, just fucking nut up and go do it. Like, it, um, because, like, if you miss that chance, uh, regret is a fucking killer. Like, it'll, it all it just, like, yeah. festers in, in your stomach like a worm. Just, uh, and it, it's, um, yeah. So I, I don't ever want to feel that again if I can avoid it. And so... Like, um, forget where we were. Uh, uh, Farley well, moment. Well, I, um, I don't think I really like, like, uh, I, I mean, I guess I probably have at some point. Um, but I, I usually just clam up and don't talk. I don't like
1: my, my, mine, mine was Bruce, Tim and it was bad. It was like someone had to be like chris we're 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 gonna go over here now <laughs> I was um, like, remember that time when you did like Batman the Animated series? It was pretty awesome, right?
2: <laughs> <was> awesome um <laughs> we were We were in the uh the Denver con in the hotel and uh was walking through the lobby and i I was like, holy fuck, that's Frank Miller right there, oh yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go talk to him and he had like a security guard kind of like running interference and I just like breezed past him before he could even like "Uh, excuse me and I just like (laughs) and just like walked right past him and I was like look I know you get hammered all the time by guys I just want and I introduced myself and I said I just want to tell you you are probably 90% of the reason I wanted to draw comics and uh, thank you so much and you know I didn't, I, you know, I was like, I'm not going to, like, monopolize your time or whatever, but I just want to tell you how much work you know, my life, so thank you. And, uh, yeah. yeah, like, just that, you know, like, I don't know. Hopefully I didn't come across, like, too much of a, a psycho or whatever, but I also didn't want to, like, eat up his, you know, afternoon, like, you know, trying to talk to some guy that he doesn't know or whatever. But Almost, you know, one, you
1: know, day, one, one day, one yeah. day someone is going to do that to you and it's going to freak you out.
0: the most terrified i was well there was when we did when we talked to burn that was terrifying but that was over. you you fucking freaked out
1: yeah like a half hour before we did that show you're like i don't know if i can do this i was like don't you fucking freak out on me now? <laughs> well, he was a hero. I mean, he was legitimately.
2: Too. Like I guess that would make you nervous, right? Oh, I was terrified. Horror stories. and you're like, oh fuck, I don't want to be one of those. Yeah, like, I mean, that's how it was when I first when I when I first met Neil Adams. I was like, oh man, yeah. like everybody I know a horror story about Neil Adams, and I was like, I should probably just talk well, to him anyway. But here's the thing, too, is and like, it's like total, it's never been anything but super sweet to me. Um, with... with with, well here's the thing chris
0: about burn that you don't understand is that (laughs) there was a part of me that was oh my god please don't be an asshole because i didn't want to be in that situation but it was also because i don't respond well to that and the last thing i wanted to have happen was me to tell (laughs) john burn to go fuck himself (laughs) because that would have happened if he was an worried asshole about
1: yourself yeah you were worried about being a dick yes I absolutely yes but, but 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 the great the great thing about that is is that burn diffused it i mean burn diffused it right off the bat we were like you know as you know hey welcome welcome to the show how are you doing and he's like oh, okay i'm a little full i just got done eating some babies you know yeah, i yeah. think was his oh, opening he, line he couldn't <laughs> have been better
0: but the in person the worst was Chankin cuz Chankin was another hero American Flag was the greatest yeah. thing I have ever read and you know as a as a teenager it was you know transformed my idea of what a comic book was and I mm-hmm. I went to a con and he was there and I went to the t- a table and I I li- literally paced like you said like in a flop sweat you know, do I want to talk to him? Because I had heard horror stories. Chang can, can be cantankerous and he can be difficult. And I was like, I just don't, I, I love this man. I love his work so much. I don't want to have a bad experience. And it was the greatest, you know, he was so great. And he knew that I was nervous <laughs> and he knew that I was terrified. And we talked about like madmen. And television shows and, yeah. and like for an hour we just sat there and talked, and it was fantastic it was it was amazing i you know he made it so great and it was it was one of those you know special moments um but like you said, you, you, go talk to your guys, heroes, yeah, I think guys like him and like Neil Adams
2: and these guys you know, like they know they know what you know if someone's coming up to them they know what it means to them. um but at the same time, they don't suffer fools gladly. No, comes up and so no, if somebody says, Dumb shit. You're going to get told that it's dumb shit. Yeah. And then that's going to turn into a really bad interaction really fast. Yeah. And then it'll become one of those internet horrors. But they are genuinely sweet guys. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. like It's never been anything but super sweet. Uh, you know, some of the raunchiest stories I've ever heard in my life uh, <laughs> but he is, is like a sweet guy uh you know but he's he's direct and he's uh yeah uh I could definitely see him like decimating somebody that you well know, like you said like it, wandered in you said it perfectly he
0: they do not suffer fools,
2: and as long
0: as you are yeah. not uh an idiot you're going to be fine. You're going to be okay. Just don't be an idiot. Just, just be, but it is a weird thing. It is a, it is a difficult thing to meet someone whose work you idolize, you know, like you, you, uh, you know, especially like when you're a kid, when you're, you know, young, yeah. and a teenager in those formative years of like, this stuff mm-hmm. means so much to you. I mean, it means more than, mm-hmm. you know, it means as much as your first kiss. It means as much as, you know, your first love. Like, that's how deeply it is ingrained in you. And then all of a sudden that person is in front of you. How do you deal with that? Yeah. How do you, you know, it's it's hard. It's a tough do thing. You,
1: do, you, do you get that? Do you get young creators? And I'm talking, you know, the, beginning college to maybe grade school, do you get aspiring artists that come up to you and say, man, you're it's your stuff really means something to me. Or do you get people that are like, you know, come up and say, I just want you to show me how to draw a really cool zombie. Uh,
2: I mean, I get plenty of both. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's it's surreal to me to meet like a, a young creator who, you know when they'll tell me something like oh like The Walking Dead like is what got me into comics and I'll be like oh, I'm I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but they'll, they'll say like oh man I was reading that uh, like I remember I I bought issue one when it came out when I was in middle school I'm like, like oh no did geez, you put man. it did you
1: slab it did you preserve it and slab it and get a nine point five on that bastard yeah. and pay for like a mortgage payment. <laughs>
2: But, but, yeah, when they say, like, oh, I read this when I was in middle school, I'm like, oh, now, see, like, you've confused me with, like, an older, like, I'm a modern comics artist. <laughs> like, this is a modern this is a, Like, you're a grown man, so there's no way you could have read that in middle school, because I am not an old yeah. man. Um, you know, and that's upsetting. It's <clears throat> like the meanest thing somebody has come up and
1: so, you. so So, Tony, you remember, you remember the story that we were talking about, about... Uh, you doing the the sketch in the bathroom?
0: I'm a young gun, God damn it! I'm a fucking young gun yeah. still.
1: Yeah, <laughs> look at me.
2: Bro, I'm not old.
1: So, so, so the story the story about you doing that sketch in the Hyatt, you know, for for us. Um, I mm-hmm. have bad news. That was almost 15 years ago.
2: Fuck you. Like, why the fuck would you say that to me, man? It's like <laughs> <ten> <laughs> of <all> the fucking <laughs> That was almost I 15 we were... years ago.
1: <laughs> I had hair. I had I had hair. My that daughter.
3: Means.
0: My daughter is going to college in the fall. I have a college student in the fall. That's does that happen to
2: him? To do, do that? <sighs> oh man, That's it's so crazy. Funny.
0: We're, uh, you know, it it is that weird thing of like. I don't, I don't feel much older than I was, you know, 20 years ago.
2: A kid in your life will do that to you, like, so bad, though. Like, it, it gives you, like, a real-time barometer of how old you're fucking getting and, like, how quickly all the time that you thought you had is, like, slipping through your fingers, like, every fucking day. Well... And, it, like... I, 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 I like... <laughs> Now and I was like, oh, like it feels like yesterday that I was bringing you home from the hospital, like the first time, and now you're like fucking five feet tall and like outgrowing all your clothes and your shoes. I remember that. All right, what the fuck? Hold (laughs) on. Here we go.
0: Here's a. My son is 14. He's taller than me by maybe two inches. He's got bigger, yeah, bigger hands than me, and he. Kicked my ass in basketball today, <laughs> and it was tough. It was not easy
2: to deal with. Yeah, man. it's rough. It's rough. Yeah, it was it's it like was a, a, It's like watching one of those fucking like uh, nature documentaries where the you know like the old lion gets eaten or whatever. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> 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 we're all, we all
1: we, we're all silverbacks at some point, man. <laughs> It's, I live I I own a house in Milwaukee now. What has happened to me?
2: Yeah, dude. I get it. So Tony, <laughs> let me tough. ask
0: you this. Um you know I don't what was the last thing you did for one of the big two? Uh Pun was it Punisher? Was that
2: uh I'm I mean to- I, the last covers I drew were for um the War of the Realms lead in for Punisher um Kill crew. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that was the last rappers I did. Uh, the last interiors I did was a uh, a standalone issue of Thor. It was like one of the young Thor, like I don't know if it was a flashback
1: or what it was part of Jason. Was Trance. that with Jason was that with Jason? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Do you see uh yourself doing any more Big Two stuff, or is that just something that at this point you've played in that sandbox, you've kind of you know fulfilled that Scraps that itch, it, if you will.
2: Like, I still like doing it. Um, It's got to be, like, the right thing. Because um, it's it's hard. I mean, it's really fucking hard to draw the insides of a book. And, like, the the older I've gotten, and, like, I've been out of that swing for a while, so I'm not as, like, slick with it as I used to be. And um, so, like, even that, that standalone of Thor was, like, it required an easy, you know, forty percent extra effort just to like get myself back, you know, like in the right mindset to, to do that. Um, but like, I don't know. Like, I, I remember when I when I when I did Deadpool. Like, I busted my ass on that book because I had a I had a reputation of fucking up. Like, I knew it. And uh, you know, because I had, I am not gonna pretend I hadn't fucked up plenty of stuff, you know. Um, but you know, they they kept asking me to do stuff because I guess they thought the work was good, or that you know, my name being associated with Walking Dead, you know, was worth enough to keep asking me. I don't. The work, don't the work was good. Is um, yeah, it's, yeah, Either way it shakes out, they they did keep asking. Um, but you know, so like with Deadpool, I was like, you know, like. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fuck around. Like I'm gonna come in. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Just, I'm just gonna do this. Like hell or high water, I'm gonna do it. Uh, show them I can do it. Show me I can do it. Because you know my whole career, I'd either juggled stuff, and like, you know, not been able to keep up the pace and fucked up two things that I was trying to juggle, or whatever. I, you know, some reason or another, I'd always, you know, basically. Uh, like, kind of fucked up almost every project I'd been working on. And, uh, I wanted to show like, I can do this. And, uh, and so I did. And, uh, I remember I drew that first issue and, uh, they were like, okay, cool. Uh, so, uh, so what we're going to do now, I, uh, we're going to, like, start doing some, like, double shipments, like, twice a year. So, <laughs> <wow."> <laughs> so, so, like, ev- like, even though, like, we're going to try to put out, like, 18 issues a year, instead of, uh, instead of 12. Yeah. I was like, oh. yeah. Uh, like, good luck, good luck. I mean, like, I, I can't be that guy. <laughs> like, I was like, the fastest dude I know can't do that. And they were like, oh, who Who might that be? Uh, I was like, well, yeah. my might, oh, my, it's Mike. My, my, fucking Mike Norton.
1: I remember Mike was doing, like, two and a half fucking issues a month. And that's before uh, he got to a point of, like, Fuck this!
2: Yeah, well, yeah. I, I was it, Mike Hawthorne is the guy that that I would recommend for it because he's the only guy I know yeah. who's ever called editors and chewed them out because they didn't have script for him to draw. Um,
1: Mike Hawthorne is a fucking animal. He's a he's, he's a beast,
2: a beast. And he's he's drawn that yeah. fucking book for forever. I mean, he he drew it for something like six years or something ridiculous. Like I don't think any modern yeah. comic artist has that long a run under their belt. But, um, but yeah, like I busted my ass on that thing. And then when it was over, they were like, so, uh, do you want to do it again? I was like, fuck no. That was <laughs> awful. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it, 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 just, it, it kicked my ass. And so like, now I realize like the amount of time I've got left on this earth is finite. You know, I, I've said it before. It, it's, it's like a bank account that you can't make deposits to and you can't even check your fucking balance like that's like it it's it's just this unknown whatever And when you run out you run out that's it and uh and so it's made me a lot more judicious about what i'm doing with my time and effort and um and i started thinking like okay if they back up like a truckload of money or whatever then yeah i can i can justify it but it's you know Like, it's got to be, like, uh, you know, I I, I can't, like, accept less than what I feel like I need. Um, Because when I start breaking down that page rate into hours, I'm like, man, I could be making more money, flipping burgers. Like, this is rough. Um, Let me ask you. Like, uh, yeah, it just, it changed the whole thing. And I'm like, if I'm going to gamble like that, I'm going to, like, break my back and invest in something, then I'm going to be doing that for me. Like, I'm going to be building my shit. So... That's
3: just kind of
0: where I am. How did you. Uh, is, I don't know if we've ever asked this question before, but how did you get into comics? Like, were you. I mean, I know you were a comic book fan, but did you want to draw comics? Did you want to. I mean, or did you just want to draw? Because you always. It always seemed to me like you wanted to draw, but you. It, like, oh, it was almost like begr- begrudgingly. Interiors, Interior work, you know, was like you had to do it, but you didn't enjoy doing it necessarily. Like, there's there's guys that, you know, Hawthorne, or guys like that are monsters that are just like, they will pump out those pages. Yeah. And you were a guy that wanted to spend hours of detail on one thing, Man. beautifully Let's so. Look,
2: like, like I, I don't want to walk away from something until I'm just shaking it. And, um,
1: it's like that Childers, uh, Ryman poster.
2: Yeah. Our, like I mean, basically any of the stuff I've done with him, fortunately, but, um, yeah, it's been, um, like I, I'm a, I'm, I'm a sprint runner. I'm not a marathon runner. Like as far as comics goes, like if I've got a limited engagement, I'll give it that. But if it's – if I'm staring down the barrel of, like, an indefinite monthly run, like, I'm not cut out for it. And I know that it's a matter of time and not that much time before <laughs> it starts getting tripped up, and I can't keep that up. Uh, so, yeah, I just recognize – like, I'm at That's going to be person,
0: tough, too. You know? yeah. I mean, because but the I industry ain't. is not forgiving to that. I mean, that's
1: – No, uh, it's not.
0: You know, you're I like mean, a square it, it, peg. It, it,
1: it, it is. It is to some people, um, you know. And I look at, I look at, at, at. I mean, you, you've already made your stand, okay. You, I mean, you've done more than most comic book creators. You're Tony totally fucking Moore. <laughs> okay, but I look, I look at someone like Darwin, like Darwin Cook. Um, do you, I mean, do you have a new front, a new frontier that you want to? To make is that something that that you're like there's there's a project at some point in my future that I want to say this is my magnum opus I mean is that something you want to do or are you just kind of will you just kind of take it as it comes because I think Darwin
2: maybe a bit of Darwin it. hey um, yeah, yeah, I mean, like I definitely. Like, I don't know what that book would be, and, like, I don't know that as a creator um, my skill set is developed enough in all the areas to, you know, produce the thing that I would say is my magnum opus. Um, But, you know, like, I I have, you know, things that are kind of, you know, churning to, you know, help me get to that point.
1: Um, you know, well, I, um, I mean, the other part of that is you're you're an artist. You're an amazing artist. You're an amazing sequential artist. Do you have? And, and there's no right or wrong answer here. Any inclination to write, or is no, that something that
2: you're like? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like the word cartoonist is kind of like a dirty word for a lot of people. No, um, it's not. Not to me. It's not, no, no, not like not reasonable. But, um, for a, a lo- like, I've found a lot of illustrators uh, feel slighted if they're, you know, if, they're, if, if someone calls them a cartoonist. And I think, like, you know, like Will Eisner is a cartoonist. Yeah, Will Eisner yeah. is a cartoonist. He was proud of it. Like, you're, I guarantee you're not fucking anything better than Will Eisner. So, like, you don't get to pretend yeah. you're above being called a cartoonist. Like, I don't self-apply it because I don't feel like I've earned it. Because a cartoonist does the whole fucking thing. You know, like soup to nuts, and I have not earned that. Um, but it's a goal, and it's you know something I'm actively working toward. Yes. Um, so. Do you yeah. find that? Uh, do you
0: find that you there's a pressure uh, that comes with a certain amount of notoriety, a certain amount of fame? Um, I mean, you're. You have a level of fame in the comic book industry um, that not a lot of guys do. Uh, you know, there's only actively, you know, a handful of guys that have the 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 level <laughs> of notoriety, the 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 name recognition. Do you feel that comes also with a certain amount of pressure um, to produce something? Uh, you know, what is the next thing Tony Moore is doing? What is the, you know, does that, is that something that that you think about? Is that something that weighs on you at all?
2: Um, Well, yeah. I mean, like, I know, um, like, I'm under no delusions that there's a 99% chance that the most famous work I've ever done is something I drew fucking almost you know almost twenty years ago. Um, and that's it's not a theory. Awesome it's gonna be huge. You know, I, I hope <laughs> I do. I, I do hope so. Um, but even that's fifteen years ago. I mean it it ended yeah. Like yeah ten yeah. years sure. ago. But you know um, but yeah like I it's a weird, it's a weird thing. Like, like I, I, I do know that, like, skill wise, I've never been better, you know. And I'm only gonna get better. The older I get, the more I learn. Um, but like, you know, the chances of me catching lightning in a bottle the way I did back then, probably pretty slim. So I'm, I may, I may live the rest of my life in the shadow of that project. And I, it's not an awesome feeling, but I'm I'm at peace with it because I can't change it. Shit. So, is... <laughs> but at the same, but mean... at
1: the same time, at conventions, people walk by you wearing like Rick outfits, and they don't know who the fuck you are. So it's all good, right?
0: Yeah, <laughs>
3: like, uh, that's pretty good. <laughs>
0: I mean, that's got to be a, a, I mean, that's a, yeah. that's a mind fuck of a thing because you've done, you've accomplished something that so many people wish they could have accomplished and yet it's left you, you know, I mean, it, it and I understand what you're talking about. I, I see what you're saying. Like, you know, it, it, you did this when you were young and you're better now than you've ever been. Yeah. how do you overcome
2: that how do you sort of like you know uh i mean it's it, i mean all you can do is just one foot in front of the other and just yeah. keep going i mean that's all it's really the only option and so like um you know when i when i make an effort um you know like when my first book as a writer comes out like i know i'm going to be judged um, against all of the other writers I worked with, and so like, yeah, do I think like under any circumstances that my freshman effort is gonna hit the ground running as good as fucking Jason Aaron? Like, no, I <laughs> I know it's he's a hack, um, but you know, <laughs> all, all I can do is just do what you know feels good, and um, you know, hope for the best, and then hope that I you know uh, the- my my entire voice, you know, as a writer and artist or whatever, as it all starts to coalesce. And I put this, um, you know, put so, this whole project, whatever whole project is, that is like my, you know, whatever it is, I don't even know what it's going to end up being. Um, well, the problem is, is that nobody appreciates how fucking hard it
0: is to, to, to do, to hit that fucking lightning once. But yeah. then to continue to, to to produce to and learn and grow and evolve and try and do it again. Like nobody you, the people that are going to uh uh comment on it, you know, the fucking Twitter <laughs> you know, a community that's going to comment on it
2: have no idea what it is to 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 do it once, let alone to right. try and do it again. Like, I've, I've had enough time to kind of, like, settle into what that life is, you know? Like, coming off of Walking Dead and then going to uh, Exterminators that got canceled and Beer Agent that, like, it was awesome. hovered on the precipice of cancellation, like, uh, its whole life. Um, you know? Like, I, I I know, you know, it's not, like, no. I don't know. I guess maybe some guys are just hit machines. Like, you know, you, you know, every time you step up to the bat, you, you just crank out another, you know, It happens, just money. It happens uh, and, maybe, and it's maybe. amazing. Um, but uh you know, I like I, I mean, i I'm clearly not that. Uh, and uh, well, you know, he, to used he,
1: to that idea. Okay. Here here's something that I watched this year or this last week, you know, it's isolation all the time is mushing together that has affected me deeply and I think it it, it pertains to this Um, have you guys seen on Hulu uh, Too Funny to Fail the the life and death of the Dana Carvey show I
0: started watching it yes
1: Um, do yourselves a favor watch this documentary it is fucking amazing the history of the Dana Carvey show. You've got Dana Carvey who is maybe the biggest name in in American comedy at the time. He's he's just coming I mean, he's he's left SNL as the longest running uh mm-hmm. cast member. He's got a, a list of of characters on there a mile wide. Wayne's world has just dominated the 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 movie box office and and he leaves there and he wants to to create uh, a sketch show for for primetime tv in the vein of of monty python and he can sell this idea to any network including cable at the time that he wants to and they make the ill-fated decision to go to ABC like 6 months before fucking Disney buys them right and and it is the it is the the meteoric rise and then fall of this of this show as he gets together a group of writers that no one has ever heard of um there uh, i'm trying to think of some well, that's not- some of the guys um Louis CK Um, Stephen Colbert, uh, Steve Carell, it's, it's, it's this amazing, I mean, like, literally the greatest writing room ever in the history of TV is put together, and just because of the time and place that they were put, this show fails miserably, and that's a long way of... Getting me to to say, first of all, watch that documentary because it's fucking awesome. And second of all, um, kind of going back to what we talked about earlier, which was, you know, we we came in in two thousand six, two thousand seven to this amazing group of creators that I kind of, you know, as we're talking about this, look at the nineteen seventies SNL cast of of, of creators. As like this amazing group that would kind of overtake comedy for the next decade. Are you saying that
0: Tony is the John Belushi of comics? Is though that-
1: <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think that, that Tony at this point is going to, is going to die in a car wreck with a, you know, a bottle of Jack Daniels in between his legs. But, but here's the point I'm getting to at what point in your, okay, that's a good bottle of bourbon. Just don't go driving. Um, at what point in your career do you make that shift between I'm trying to climb the ladder to I've made a I've made a peak and now it's time for me to maybe Jesus.
0: Why are you asking this question? Oh. Listen, this guy no, it's, has it's, fucking done it's, it's, more. It's, it's, no, it's he, well, no you're, this, you're all making all this all this it style. sound like Tony is on no, this no, fucking. Like Cliff well, I'm not, his I'm not saying, career uh, is fucking over. over.
3: <laughs> what no, the fuck?
0: No, this dude has done more. Really, I would give my left really, nut. Really I would give literally. I would cut off my left ball to to, to do what this guy <laughs> has done in comics. And you're making it sound like oh. You know, your fucking career is over, Tony Moore. Like, no,
1: what's no, it like, it's like, to, it's like Dana, to be on no, the twilight of your fucking... Because let me speak. Let me, let me, let me... So Dana Carvey's off of the world, and he finds these, he finds these young, amazing sketch comedy actors and writers and he puts this amazing show together it doesn't succeed but it goes on to spawn like comedy as we know it for the next couple decades and i mean it's a self-awareness of i mean are you i guess that's the question are you on the lookout for people to collaborate with as that next wave of amazing creators that's where I was going. That's the long-winded way to say, what the do fuck? you look for new, talking fresh voices to, to do that? Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, honestly, it was it was easier to do like when we were running the convention uh, up in Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Like when we could fill out an artist alley, and you know, like I was walking around and meeting more people, and especially like just when I was more on the convention scene in general. Uh, it was easier to, to you know like see guys that were on the come up and like you know sit and talk to them and uh, you know see their work and you know like really get a sense of you know like, oh this guy's about to be like huge. Um, uh, now I'm a lot more removed from the that just the entire scene like not just scene but like the entire comic scene. I mean, most of the stuff I'm reading is either like you know Japanese horror stuff that I'm downloading off the internet (laughs) or, um, or like reprints from the fifties, uh, or, you know, like I'm not really keeping up a whole lot with like the modern comic scene. And I'm kind of a bad nerd for that. Um, but like, I mean, honestly, I've only got so many hours in the day. Like I don't watch hardly any of the shows that I put in my Netflix queue. Um, I, I, I continually buy books as, like, oh, I'll, I'll read you one day. Or, like, there's some, you know, this <laughs> magic thing of, like, you know, if I if I buy it and I put it on my shelf, then, like, the knowledge in it will somehow, like, float in my osmosis or some shit. Um, it does. That, that happens. I mean, that's, yeah, of course. That's why I keep doing it. Um, I'm not an idiot. Um, but, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, well, let me counter but, yeah.
0: Chris's uh, fucking magnum opus of question that he laid out to you. And it's me- a really good documentary. You have to watch it. It's amazing. I am on the other side of it where I'm like, listen, you have nothing. You should feel nothing but pride for your career, and you yeah. won. You don't have anything left to you, prove. You, 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 you know what I mean? Like, you won... And at this point, it's all gravy. Do what the fuck you want to do. And I think that's what you're doing. Is, is,
2: is Yeah. I mean, that's it. Like, one, like, being aware of, like, what I'm capable of in the comics industry and, like, how my own abilities limit how much I can do. Um, you know, just recognizing my shortcomings is, like, just... How prolific I can be as an artist? Like I, I can only do so much, and it's not really that much. Um, and, and and recognizing that, but that's okay because what you do, people out, yeah, love so much. What cards are, right? yeah. Um, you know, like Hester <laughs> said one time, like uh, you know, like every every good thief has a plan to break in, or every thief has a plan to break in, but only the good ones have a plan to break out. And I'm like, yeah, that's it, man. Like, uh, like everybody's asking how to break into comics, and nobody's asking how to break out.
1: Um, and, <laughs> um, for, for you, one, one of my favorite all-time sayings is is very Tony Moore esque. Um, Don't confuse activity with accomplishment. There you go. And you have you have accomplished more. With what you've done, than people that have chased their tail in this industry for 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 two or three decades.
0: What's so don't
1: a, don't confuse activity and accomplishment.
0: What's your favorite what? bourbon right now?
2: Yeah, um, there we
1: go. Yeah, the good questions.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think probably Booker's. This is like my like I like that one a whole lot. Um, I'm trying to think what else I'm really really getting after. I, like, I haven't really been drinking so much recently, so um, yeah. I like Booker's a whole lot, though. Um, That's Elijah Craig is good. It's got a nice kind of heat to it. Kind of oaky. Um, yeah. That's probably it right now. I mean, I don't know. I've got so many I haven't really gotten like busted into yet. So.
0: What's, you know, uh, what's yeah. your next tattoo? Uh,
2: well, <laughs> Is to uh, unify everything I've got. I just had my leg done with... Um, I had uh, Jeff Gogoy, who's been doing all of our work uh, on my wife and I. Um, I just had him do the Moore Family Crest, like his twist on the Moore Family Crest, which is um, three heads skewered onto a sword. Um, of course and, it uh, is. He, he did a pretty killer <laughs> job at run, running from... The the tip of the sword starts at like just above my belt line, and the handle of the the hilt of the sword ends, uh, or the the pommel of the sword ends, uh, just on the top of my foot. And it's like three life size skulls. On How it. do you? And it's uh it's Narsol It doesn't sound painful at all. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't fucking tickle. That's for sure. Let me um, ask you a question.
0: Uh, I've gotten. Uh, in the last year I've gotten more tattoos than I've i had in the last 10 years but I want more and but my problem is, is like trying to figure out how to tie it all together like how do I you know you get I mean I I follow you and and your wife on instagram and mm-hmm. I mean you guys have it seems like this cohesive a fucking plan yeah and i'm like i i just get shit i'm like oh i'm in a different city i'm gonna go to some random tattoo shop and get something done and you guys have like this plan of like getting these sleeves and backs and all this stuff done it's amazing and i'm 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 so jealous and i can't figure out what the fuck i want uh
2: uh I don't know. Like like most of the stuff I have is just like a laundry list of elements of things that like mean something to me in my life. And that's what Kara's done too. Um and so like when we reached out to, to Jeff, um, like I just thought like a sleeve would be badass. And uh like, I'm not really doing that. I'm doing like more large scale work. I'm like he's pretty fucking big, like, what? what's that mean? <laughs> he's like, I don't know, into, like, more than a fucking arm. <laughs> yeah, I'm more into, like, back pieces, like, full backs, full fronts, or, like, body suits. And I was like, alright, whatever, like, I was like, I'll go full back, like, uh, what, I'm not using it for anything, like, yeah, let's go, and, uh, <laughs> and... Yeah, like I just kind of like cooked up a, a fistful of like the elements that mean something to me, and I like I've still got the a list that we're kind of picking through, and I'm you know adding some new stuff here and there as we go. But um
1: whenever you say elements, are you talking like hydrogen, oxygen?
2: No, like- no just pieces that get put in. Like my back piece is <laughs> um like on one knee. I've got I've got a deer skull that starts at my knee. And it goes all the way up my thigh and it takes up my whole thigh. And then the antlers run uh, across, across and all the way up to my shoulder. Um, and then. Just show know, us. Just one... Take the shirt off. Let's see it. I am. I'm not doing it here. This is, uh, yeah. I'm not gonna... <laughs> you you have cross been... the
1: line, Sal. Been...
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, it's
1: uh it's, yeah, it's, I've, I've seen pictures.
0: Kira, I hear Kira. She's there. Show us your back. Let's see it. Come on. Just show the back.
2: Just ask Brian if his phone number is still the same. I'll send it to him.
0: It is. It's so it's, uh, impressive.
2: You can see my full, my, I mean, it's the standard equipment. It's the same ass that yeah. everybody has. It, it's,
1: it's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing, um, <laughs> uh, dedication. It, it,
2: it's been a tough, that's for sure. You definitely learn a lot about yourself. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like physically <laughs> yeah. and mentally. How many normal. hours
0: have you been in the chair?
2: Mm, I, I probably got sixty hours on my back, and I probably Jesus. I'm probably I'm probably uh, probably another forty on my torso at this point, and God then damn, about eight. I'm I'm about eight in on my leg right now. Um. That's just one leg. I don't have anything on either arm or the or the one leg now, but oh um, yeah I mean eventually I'll fill it all out but I mean it, it's uh, I just found an artist that I trust basically implicitly and uh, it's weird because like I micromanage every fucking art project that I'm on, but uh, like my actual physical body I just handed it over'm like <laughs> yeah you just go just do what you feel is right. Man, I, I bought a i bought a house like three Kara, years
1: ago. Kira like just like 18, emailed 20 me twenty hours in mowing the grass, and that's like fucking enough for me. You know, like I'm done.
0: Kira, done. Uh, she just texted me, <laughs> your back, piece." Oh my <laughs> fucking god! Once I, I first, that's I want to nice. say you have kind of a nice ass. I, I will say <laughs>
2: you have a nice ass. <laughs> My life. We'd been training for the half marathons we've been running and stuff. So I was, I was still in pretty good shape. I hadn't like fallen completely off the fitness wagon. Uh, I'd like to get yeah. you into jujitsu. Uh, you know, that's a. It'd be fun. I I missed doing that stuff in high school. I took Shaolin and I loved it. Um, well, yeah,
1: you know, Sal, Sal chokes people out for a living now.
2: No, it's
0: not a living yet. Eventually, <laughs> that's my goal to retire as. A person that professionally chokes people unconscious—that is my goal. But uh, for now, no. This is beautiful, unbelievable work. Uh, can I let me ask you? And people can't see this, but the the, the on your shoulder blades, there's a piece that it kind of reminds me of Swamp Thing. Is that a Swamp Thing inspired? Uh,
2: I, I don't know that Jeff uh, did that on purpose, but like, I totally loved it. Because oh I told him I wanted a Luna moth, and then he was put it like Luna moths have these little like eye shapes on their wings, and then they have these like tails yeah. that come down, and then he put a, a a skull there so that the eyes were on the skull, and then the, the things came down and It had a straight up Swamp Thing. Like I it really is. It. I don't I don't think he did it on purpose, but like when I saw it, I flipped out. Cause I
0: that, is, like that. that is that wow. is like serendipitous. I mean that is. It's, very swamp thing. That's so fucking cool, man. So cool.
2: Awesome. Yeah, I flipped out. And that was wild. Like he drew it that morning. Like I showed up and he was like, uh, so I got up early this morning, here's what I came up with. I'm like, Holy <laughs> man, yeah. That's well that's the
0: key though. Like finding a guy you can trust. I mean especially I can't imagine like a guy like you who is such an accomplished artist.
3: Mm-hmm. to be able to Trusting find someone, someone that
0: you like can that. trust to yeah. so trust to put this on you permanently has to be a, a difficult thing
2: yeah I mean I would say the I could count the people I would trust to do that on probably one hand and maybe still have some fingers left over
1: but um, <laughs> Rick Remender Rick,
2: Rick yeah Yeah. sure <laughs> <laughs> i don't know man he's sadistic i've read his scripts i don't know I <laughs> like punching me with a needle all
0: right so we That's talked all. about um going back and 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 marvel dc big two stuff is there a character that you haven't done that you wish you could do that that there's something left on the bucket list the uh, a mainstream character okay.
2: Yeah, there, I mean there's plenty. Um like I I want to draw a swamp thing. Um like I, I've I've been offered a couple Swamp Thing um like small things that would have been awesome that I just like the timing was bad and I just couldn't make it work. Um, what
1: uh, is it about that character? I don't know man It's it, awesome. like, is it is it is it the alan moore thing is it the is it the the bernie wrightson yeah, or not bernie uh, I mean, uh it's beset uh, beset no, i mean Bissette. the beset
2: uh, swamp then, thing it's all of it really i mean it's that yeah. like it's the childhood wish fulfillment it's like that hero worship stuff i mean it's all of it kind of rolled into one but then on top of that, he's really fucking fun to draw because like I don't like drawing oh, yeah. clean line, like uh, technical shit, but like I love noodling on like monsters and all like, the detri stuff. I mean, I mean it's it's all of it, like all put together, it's kind of perfect. Um, uh, like I want I want to draw Jonah Hex at some point before I hang it up. Um, oh, that would be so nice. When, when that book was still running, uh, Palmiotti had actually written me a script. That was like Ugh. an evergreen, like, you know, it just be like a plug, like a, a, an evergreen thing. You just write it when you want. We'll plug it in as a fill in and it'll yeah. be great. An oh, annual, that, that maybe an, an annual. Where, yeah. I, for, I think I was still working on exterminators and, or maybe at that point I think I was working on ghost Rider already. And, uh, <laughs> like as I was wrapping it up, I was, uh, I I wrote him a letter and I was like, "Hey, good news! Uh, Like next week, I'm going to be done with Ghost Rider and I'm going to start this uh, this uh, Jonah Hex script." And like, like I want to say, like the two days before I was finished, uh, the news came out that the series had been canceled, and so like my script, Uh, uh, I was like,
1: (laughs) uh, "Have you ever? Have you ever thought about doing?" It was really good too.
0: I don't know why, but like I have this weird fantasy of like you doing a Superman book. I don't know why. Like it because it seems like I think, so. I don't
1: know. I
2: don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm cut out for Superman. I like, know, I, but it, it be like, know think... like it's
1: kind of like Frank quietly doing All Star. You know, Superman. Yeah. It's it's like you didn't think it would work, and it was just like this is the greatest Superman
2: ever. Well, I definitely don't think I could do that. Um, yeah. after, I don't know, like I, yeah, that was a pretty definitive run on Superman. I just think you you never thought it beforehand, yeah, right? You might, yeah, you might be right.
0: There's a humanity I think you could add to Superman because Superman so, is is so often drawn in a way where he is difficult to to connect with. He's so superior. He's so you know, uh, I don't know what it is about him you know what I mean? But I think like you could add your characters have, uh, your character designs have a humanity to them. Something that we can connect to, at least me personally, I feel like I can connect to a guy, you know, that,
1: um, has seen some maybe shit. Didn't feel like some... you could connect to otherwise. What yeah, I, works for Superman. Yeah.
0: I think, I think you could do it. I, I, I think that would be kind of cool. I
2: don't know. I, th- I mean, I'd be interested in seeing what that was like. I mean, like, I didn't, I didn't think I would be able to like get down with drawing Spider-Man until I did him in, in Venom. Um. So yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't.
0: Never say never. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like
2: I. Like I, I always you know go for like the the monsters and psychopath and like kind of the more, um, you know the grittier, the more offbeat. Like I don't know, whatever's. Um, like I, I feel like the most mainstream thing that I could maybe be cut out for would be like, um, you know, like 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 how I was on Deadpool. I think I could maybe bring something to Wolverine that would be fun, um, or Hulk. Sure. But, uh,
0: but like, um, are you reading the, the Immortal Hulk? The the uh, the series. The, the,
1: the, the, this is this is Sal's. It's, th- it's an It's almost a bit at this fucking point. This is Sal's so favorite. It's the only goddamn comic he reads. It's anymore. so good. Is it Immortal Hulk? We'll yeah. have to check it out.
0: It's so good. It's really You'll love really it. good.
1: It's really it, good.
0: If if um, I think you should contact Marvel right now because. <laughs> the only thing that would make it better is you drawing a fill-in issue of the Immortal Hulk. It's it's right up your alley. It's so weird and creepy and monstrous and fucked up. It's so good. You'll oh, it's, absolutely
1: it's, love it. it's 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 as it's as swamp thing as Hulk yes. has ever been.
2: Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, that's awesome. Yeah. It's right up my yeah. alley.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty it's, awesome. it's pretty. it's pretty dope. I would. So, all right, are we are we going to let this man get back to his family and uh, and his isolation?
0: Uh, absolutely. I mean, I, honored to have you with us as always. Yeah, it's just
2: been talking to you, it's been forever. It has been a while.
1: Um, I, I'm I'm just going to throw this out, um, Tony. Here's the little secret about the show now. We don't fucking care. <laughs> so, um, so <laughs> if you ever just feel like shooting the shit, we'll we'll be around. Yeah, so um, we just at this point we're just catching up with people that we really like. Yeah, and, and yeah. Like, I like
2: to bullshit. This is, yeah, this has been awesome. Thanks for reaching out, man. I'm super glad we got to do it. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, and. Okay.
3: Okay.
2: Sorry it's been under these circumstances, but uh, yeah, um, hey, we,
1: we we we've got uh, that that's part of it is is grabbing you know silver
2: linings where we? Here we go, man, there we go, making some lemonade, and uh, it's part I, of this. I have to tell that's you, great?
0: before we go. I will say this, one of my biggest regrets is that uh you had you and Kira had invited me to come to when you guys were doing a convention because you guys did yeah. a convention you know of your own there mm-hmm. uh, and you invited me to come down and I didn't and I apologize because it is now like one of my Biggest regrets that I didn't do that. That I, I just didn't.
2: You know, it was it was not in the cards, but uh, um, I, it happens. I mean, I like gradually, I've been able to cry myself to sleep like a little less. <laughs> <laughs> well, I miss you
1: guys. Running a convention ain't easy, is it? I mean, it sucks. It's plane. it's amazing, but it's but it's rough. Yeah,
2: we did it for four years, and mm-hmm. we, I loved what we did. Um, but yeah, I was ass whipped. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and we
3: we
1: of- we we did it. We did it for two. And were you there for both years of ours for the Windy City? Uh, were they Were they both in the same place? Well, yeah, they were both in same the same hall. I don't,
2: I don't hall. remember which one was the one that I went to.
1: Yeah, it's but it, I mean it was an absolute labor of love. That you know at the end of it, you know we were just like, what an amazing time. We made no fucking money.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean and ultimately it, it uh, like I loved what we were doing because we were like you guys yep. we were doing a creator centric show and. Uh, mm. Uh, I was really proud of it, and then we were kind of looking at the scenario, and, like, at best, we were holding steady and hoping for a, uh, you know, for a pickup, but, um, you know, there was this kind of gradual attrition, and they say, you know, like, everything takes five years, and I was like, I don't know if I got five years of this in like, we have yeah. four years. Yeah. If I start dipping into the red, like, I can't start putting well, my own bank account into this, and, uh, yeah. I'm already working for free and I've got a full-time job and I don't know. If and and
1: and not to not to not to string things along here but I mean we're entering convention season right now and mm-hmm. I'm sorry but they ain't going to happen.
2: No, it's it's going to be real hard on a lot of folks. I mean yeah. like a lot of It's going to
1: just- kill some of those shows like maybe permanently. It's going to put them in the fucking dirt, you yeah. know. I mean, it's uh, and it's just one bad year does that.
2: It, on the plus side, like, I've kind of thought for a long time, so, like, there's, it's been this kind of bubble, you know? Like, we've all been waiting for it to burst. You know, we've seen, um, you know, the, the big shows just keep bigger and bigger and bigger. And I wonder if this is the catalyst that will make those big shows that are kind of overextended if that's when they've gone out too far on the limb and can't come back. And it'll yeah, be maybe. small shows that were like the real shows to begin with will be the ones that are able to keep moving because they weren't so overgrown uh, that they couldn't, you know, that they, they could sustain a little bit of a hit. So, I don't know. I don't know. I'll be interested in seeing how that goes. Um, yeah, It's going it's to be gonna, be, it's gonna the be whole wild.
0: The whole comic book industry is is, I mean, well... I mean, the world as we we know it is going to be different going forward. But Mm. the comic book industry is going to be changed. You know, I don't know what's going to happen moving forward. There's going to be a lot of different components that um, are going to, you know, affect things. But uh, it's – comics will be okay, but how they're going to be distributed, how they're going to be uh, viewed by people, what, you know –
2: it's going to be a different thing. Think, yeah, distribution and um, publishing, uh, like all all the bottlenecks where shit fell apart, I think if the, if the industry doesn't start like pinpointing those and be like, okay, like, that was a problem, this is a problem, that's a problem. If they don't identify yeah. those fucking fix them post-haste, uh, then it's just setting themselves up again. Um, and hopefully they're smart enough to not drag their feet on that. I think we've allowed ourselves to be too centralized uh for a long time, uh, like, like I said, you know, like you put all your eggs in one basket uh, you know
1: yes, yeah. we talked about it earlier true. and and the 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 industry is not the art form comics exactly. yeah. are gonna be fine yeah. you know there will always be comics, the industry as we know it as as traditional you know local comic shop comic book fans is going to change. And it has been changing. And it's going to continue to change. This is just kind of a a watershed moment. Comics are going to be fine.
2: Yeah, they'll be fine. And, uh, you know, there will be a lot of unfortunate collateral damage with, like, you know, good, honest mom-and-pop retailers, like, you know, good people working their asses off who just Got knocked out by this, and it's gonna suck for them, and it's gonna kind of <clears> suck <throat> for the industry at large yeah. to lose. Um, but they will, uh, yeah. Uh, hopefully, the industry at large will, like I said, recognize the problems that of you know, having too much centralization, having too many bottlenecks. Uh, hopefully, they'll realize like uh, that's what fucked them. And uh, and some other way to to make that work moving forward. Um, you know, I mean realistically they could be leaning on digital a lot more, but I understand why they're not as an as a matter sure. of respect for retailers. Um at the same time, like, you know, um yeah. So like I, I see both have I see both halves of it. As a as a creator owned person, I'd be like, nah, fuck that like you know not my fault <laughs> I'm, I'm still trying to like you know make a living here um but yeah as, you know as as a friend of people who work in retail like I see it that's their livelihood too I get it um
0: it's a weird so, thing because it's it's that you know. it, 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 it's that thing where like it makes more sense to go direct to the consumer but you know, you have all those retailers, you have those those shops that we all grew up going to, we all spent time in, and we have fond memories of. But the reality of those, uh, you know, existing is dwindling. They, the, 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 it's harder and harder and harder. And this, you know, uh, as much as we want them to be there, it's it's almost like a luxury at this point, you know, and and and. Um, yeah, it's a tough thing. It's a tough situation for any of those retailers to deal with. I don't know how they're going to get through it. There's going to be so many tough times for so many comic book stores. I mean, the, the run of the comic book shop is so fucking tough before this. I mean, it's the. the yeah. 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 But, Tony. Yeah. Thank you so much for for always being a friend of the show. Thank you so much for coming on and, and, and
2: uh, you guys are awesome. Yeah. I do anything for either of you. So, but you're the best. Good luck out there.
0: You're yeah safe. you too. Stay yeah. safe. Take care of your family. Uh we love you, you know. I,
1: I, I hope you I hope you understand that this was as much for our sanity to kind of keep it together through this Just, shit as as
2: anything this has been a, a welcome uh thing for all of us so thank you so much
1: yeah awesome all right we love you brother thank it easy guys i love you all right we'll Cheers. talk to you later man anytime all right that was awesome man always good to talk to tony
0: it is. It is always fun. Uh, he is just a great guy and has always been a friend of the show. Um, yeah. that's it! <clears throat> Thanks for listening!
3: Yeah. your hands.